Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. So we have a very special show today, and it uh, sort of occurred to me, um, because I only do these shows one day in advance, because there's so much going on, there's so many things happening, um, that uh, there's like an amazing brain, you know, dump that goes on to the end of the shows. Everything I I did and thought of just disappears. Basically, after the show, forget my own name. It's like, okay, time to start over. So I have to like refill uh, my entire head with everything that's happening. But there's so much going on this particular day. Um, But uh, fortunately, I have help. So we have uh, Wendy on the line, uh, Wendy Arthur, who does the Oh My God Report. And so I'm going to bring her on. Our guests are already on, too. So this is great. Everybody's here. (laughs) We're organized today. This is kind of fun. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, there you are. Okay. You got kind of quiet on me for a second. I hear silence. It's like, like, uh uh-oh, where do you all go? (laughs) So this is fun. That's okay. Um, I got got something in I guess I'm amusing for you and for our guests. We have Marissa Andrew. Uh, uh, how, how do we pronounce this? Uh, Dekind. Dekind. Oh, I got mm-hmm. it right. <laughs> Good for me. Okay. So this is. <laughs> I just found this over. <laughs> I just found this over the weekend. So you know, I was a college DJ right before I got uh, my my big break in radio here at WBY. Did uh, right. uh, did I ever tell you about my my days at uh, Fremont in Fremont, California, at Ohlone College? I used to uh, be a college DJ, and of course, I sounded a little bit older than the 18-year-olds I was DJing with. And so we have this 30-second air check. This is, uh, this is how I got uh, my, my start here. Check this out. And she'll always get the best of me. The worst is yet to come. But I Music. Music. 89.3. K-O-H-L. It's 3 o'clock with Craig. In the next half hour, we have the Vamps, Dowin, and Daya. Now here's 21 Pilots on 89.3 KOHL. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice and sang some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order. So do you believe that? I had no idea who those groups were. I was just announcing them. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. They they were on the schedule. You did your job. (laughs) I did my job, yeah. And I was doing news and weather and traffic and all kinds of things I didn't care about. And thinking, I, I want to get beyond this. But uh, this is, you know, so all those folks out there that uh, if you want, you want to know, uh, you know, how anybody gets anywhere, so you start somewhere and you, you do things that you never would expect, but just do them. Just just climb that ladder and keep on going. Okay, for those that um, also aren't familiar, when, uh, on my Thursday group here, um, Wendy Arthur does the Oh My God Report on Wednesday. So we're a little out of sync today, but because we have a two-hour special, uh, I wanted to uh, – Get everybody here, and we had, we had the time Thursday, so we're going to do it. So, Marissa and Drew, you get to listen to the the theme that starts uh, Wendy's report, and then I'm going to get, kind of let her uh, take over and and uh, just, I let anybody take over the show uh, and uh, and tell you all kinds of stuff. She's laughing, you know. Ah, Wendy knows me too well; it's part of the problem. But anyway, we'll we'll talk about that another time. So, here's how we start our Oh My God report. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda. 
putting more value in scripture than religions and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. And with that, I'm going to bring on our guests, Marissa and Drew DeKine. I'm just going to call you guys yes. Marissa and Drew. Man. Make my life easy. <laughs> so let's, let's give them a, a round of applause here and get things going. So, Wendy, would you, would you care to introduce your guests, please? I would love to do that. Good morning, Drew and Marissa. How y'all doing this morning? We're doing really good. Thank you. Oh, good. Yeah, that's your cue, guys. Hey, Don't wait too long. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> this is live just radio. Jump yeah. right on in. Yeah. yeah. You said hello. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Drew and Marissa um, are uh, a couple that we uh, got to know um, over the last uh, couple months, and they are just delightful. And I, um, they have such an amazing testimony between them. Um, and most people will never um, live some of the stuff that they have lived, um, but a lot of people have, you know, some people have. And um, has even, uh, even though it may not be the very same thing that they've experienced, um, they are still dealing with results of some of the stuff that they've experienced. Um, they just don't realize what the root of the problems are. So, there is so much, and as you know, we talk about um, the spirit realm and spiritual things um, all the time on the Oh My God report, but mm-hmm. this is a special report, and <clears throat> y'all kind of forgive the froggy voice. I'm, I'm, I'm getting over some stuff, um, but we are, we are going to explore a very specific realm of the spirit today, and that is, and, and, and a true walk of Christianity, um, not religion, you know, we don't do religion of any way, shape, or form, it's from the pit of hell, and it smells like smoke, so what we're doing here is what the scripture says to do, and that is deliverance um, of demonic forces of oppression and possession and all kinds of stuff, and if you, if nobody understands that, if you don't understand that, if you are a listener around the world and you're, and you're not familiar with it, we're going to discuss that today. What it is, what it isn't, um, Drew and Marissa's stories, um, because they have completely different backgrounds, um, yet God has brought them together to work as a team, as one. They are married, um, they walk as one, and they uh, minister as one. So I'm going to... Um, start talking to them. But before we do, um, anyone can go to the Oh My God Report page on Facebook under Action Radio, Oh My God Report. And you can see um, the links to their different YouTube channels uh, for different things. And um, Marissa and Drew have uh, been working diligently on Drew's testimony because it's quite fascinating. Um, and they're going to be posting the full testimony. We're not going to be able to get into all of it today, but they're going to um, be putting up his full testimony uh, by noon. So if you would, you can go to their uh, YouTube channel that you can find, um, it's Healing Reigns Ministries, and that's R-E-I-G-N-S. <clears throat> Healing Reigns Ministries. Wendy, real quick, can I, right. can I try this real quick? Uh, the YouTube channel. I can't hear you. Oh, no, I can hear her. Can you hear me now? Well, you guys can call in on separate okay. lines. If you're trying to use the same phone, if you want to just call in, if you know, we I've got multiple lines here. You don't have to use the same phone and like pass it back and forth. So if you want to try that, feel free. 
if you guys have separate cells, okay, you just, you know, give me a shout. Yeah, you're, you're sounding really far away for, on, on my end, so I, I don't understand what you're saying. And it's yeah. going to be kind of hard to no, I, I interview can hear if it. I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, Whitney yeah. needs to hear, otherwise she's going to be here for two hours. Yeah, the, oh, that's better. I can now, yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay, sorry. I think I was pointing the wrong, okay. dr- wrong direction there. <laughs> uh, okay. The YouTube channel... <laughs> The YouTube channel is called Drew and Marissa Dekine, but the page on Facebook, Healing Rains Ministries. Um, I just want okay. to clarify that so they weren't, like, looking on YouTube and was like, uh, I can't find it. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. So just for those who, who need to, to have that clarification, Drew and Marissa Dekine, and that's D-E-A-K-Y-N-E, um, that, that's where the testimony is going to be posted. And after you uh, listen to the show today, you're definitely going to want to go and uh, subscribe to that and hit that little bell so that you're notified as soon as it's posted, okay? So, and um, we'll remind people about that later um, as well. Okay. I, I was just sitting there a little bit. <laughs> Greg has got every sound effect you could possibly think of. Okay. Okay, so Drew and Marissa, be kind. So I, I want everyone to remember your names. Um, and again, how it's spelled, it's an unusual last name, D-E-A, capital K-Y-N-E, in, in case you're, you're looking for them. Um, so, um, well, I found them. They're right here. They're, they're, we've already done that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I just want to jump in um, just for clarification's sake. When you say testimony, you know, because we talk about a lot of legal issues on the show, and court issues and things like that. So your testimony, you're not talking about in a court of law. We're talking about a different kind of testimony. So you might want to, if you could explain that, sure. just so we have some clarification. Yeah, thank you. Well, your sure. testimony, Scripture talks about your testimony and that you overcome by, mm-hmm. the, uh, by the word of your testimony, the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony and not loving your life unto death. So here is... Um, your testimony is your story, your personal story of what God did for you and how he helped you overcome whatever it was that you were facing at the time. So um, it's really important to have victory or else you, you just stay in the test. You don't get the testimony part. <laughs> you know? so, so what uh, Drew and Melissa do is they help you get victory so you actually have a testimony of overcoming to tell. Who is this, go, is this testimony for know. yourself, or is it for everybody else, or is it for between you and God, or how does it work? I'm curious. It's all those things. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Drew yeah. and Marissa, if you want to jump in on that, go ahead. Yeah, and I ask a lot of questions, usually inappropriately, at the wrong time, and can't be answered. So just <laughs> I just want to let you know ahead of time. Just whatever happens, happens. Wendy knows. She understands me. That's okay, Greg. I heard all about you before the show. Oh, great! <laughs> I was going ahead of time. Yeah. How, how, in, how endearing a comment to make as we get going. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I was Don't prepared mind for the question. Oh, okay. You're okay. Um, she said. So yeah, uh-huh. we have. <laughs> uh, we have uh, two different testimonies. I have mine out already, but I didn't do it as. Um, professional as I decided to do Drew's. His mm-hmm. is very unique, so I figured we would do his professionally, but pretty much it goes back to the life story of, like, when he was a child all the way through up to now. But we picked out the key points in which um, it would be, like, a trauma or a thing that would happen to you that may change your uh, trajectory in life, in a sense. 
And the fact that he was able to survive through all of those things is just an absolute miracle of God. And so we just felt like other yes. people need to hear it if they're going through stuff. Okay. I just need to hold you up for a second. We're getting a little feedback, too, so we're going to uh, get you guys to be audio file experts here in a minute. So if the computer's on, if you're listening to something else, or another phone is nearby, we're picking up some extra stuff. And I want to make sure we get every word so that when it gets on the podcast, too, that uh, everything can be heard. Wendy, are you hearing the same thing, a little bit of feedback? I'm not hearing feedback over here. Okay. I'm getting like an echo or something. I don't know. That's okay. Right, we'll figure it out. But uh, we're going to get you guys a, a microphone and a headset next time, and you can broadcast directly. <laughs> That's uh, um, yeah. That'd be good. All right. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Or you can drive. Okay. Bluetooth um, speaker. Uh, we're we're using a, a like a okay. Bluetooth buds, the buds or whatever. So okay. I just removed like any other interference. So hopefully that helped a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hear a bit, but it's okay. okay. It's good enough. We'll, we'll, we shall we shall endeavor and persevere and you know improvise overcome and whatever Clint Eastwood said in that film yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I don't know. If you your... I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I, I know are, this is serious are, are topic. We... No, I'm kind of on a little bit here, but uh, yeah, well, because we got a lot of time, so we're definitely going to get serious here. Uh, no, you're fine. I just I'm trying to get the best quality of sound, just so that. And usually, if anything, sometimes people have their computers on, or there's extra things, and it, it just picks up background noise. I'm trying to you know get rid of as much as possible, and so it makes for the best uh, best sound, so people can hear it because we're heard you know pretty yeah. extensively around the world. We got listeners in Cuba and Vietnam, and you know South Korea and Argentina and Australia, and it's 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 fascinating. I'm sure you guys do too. Anyway, go ahead. Enough about me. Okay. Um, so, like, we're um, from completely different backgrounds, as Wendy has stated. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up more in the uh, church setting. Um, my mom was a single mom for at least 10 years of, uh, like, my childhood until she got remarried. Um, and, you know, I was bullied in school and stuff like that. And then when I was very young, I got married very young. I was, like, 18 years old. And, you know, I thought, oh, this is just what love is. This is how it looks. He said he was Christian, dot, dot, dot. So, I, you know, I thought it was right. Then we started having major problems. And that went through a lot of uh, tragic ending in that uh, there was issues. I don't know how deep you want me to go into this, Wendy, because if you want me to go deep, I'll go into it. But I don't know how much you want me to go into this. That's be led by the Spirit. You know, share what you feel like you need to share. Um, right no, now, it's kind of like an overview. There's no limits here. You know, we we call this the ultimate free speech okay. zone. Yeah. Um, we've got an advanced audience. Yep. They listen to complex issues all the time, and so you don't have to simplify. Take all the time you want, and whatever we don't cover today, I'll just have you back. So that's easy. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Okay, so married young, started having problems. Um, I had like six different diagnoses when I was young. I was on meds for like 10 years, and um, when I went off of them, it screwed me up. I didn't know how to function as an adult, um, so I de- dealt with major depression, pretty hardcore, and um, that led to some problems between me and my first uh, husband, and then he had issues too. Um, there was like sexual immorality issues, and so I kind of got mad, so I was like, well, I don't think God wants us doing that kind of stuff, so you know, I kept trying to convince him to drop it. He wouldn't. And then something else happened later on where I found out I had a half-sister on my dad's side, um, and she contacted me. Now, I, at this point, I didn't allow my dad in my life because, um, from what I knew, 
the whole family was just not good news, and my mom protected me from them. Well, I thought it would be a good idea if I just decided to maybe just see it for myself. Oh, maybe maybe it wasn't what it is, or maybe they changed me, right? It's something that a lot of people want to do and then find out the hard way. So I let them in, and within six months, long story short, uh, there was a whole bunch of drama and there were false allegations against me, and I got my firstborn child taken from me. Um, so at that point, it went through a two-and-a-half-year DCS case, and the little things that I did do wrong, I decided to fix, and it didn't matter. This was a little bit something I'm not going to say exactly because I'm on air about it, but I guess you guys can get my drift on what I'm trying to say there. Um, oh, I'll say. Anyways, that we, we, in, I, I, yeah. I have no use for CPS. No, we have uh, we have huge shows on family law. I know uh, uh, women who are friends of mine who have had their kids uh, basically stolen by police at gunpoint. Uh, there are multiple lawsuits okay. going on. There are I have cases that friends of mine are working on guardianships where they're literally trying to kill people to get their money. Uh, so no, this the, the, this is the show to tell the story. Uh, so you're not going to shock us. Okay. Um, uh, you're among friends. And uh, it's, like I say, you don't have to hold back. But it is up to you, though, because this will be podcast forever and we'll be listening constantly. So, you know, but other than that, uh, the stories that I, the things that I have heard, you know, I'm I'm not as shocked uh, as when I started this several years ago. So, uh, like I say, feel free. Just just tell it. And if you want to, it's it's fair game. It's fine with me. Okay. Sounds good. So, basically, you know, one thing led to another. We had... Marital issues, you know, I wasn't perfect, obviously. I, I stated I was dealing with major depression, and that was not helping anything. And then my husband at the time was doing things, and then we bring in my bio, what I call my biosperm donor. I know that sounds demeaning, but, you know. <laughs> uh, he, I've let him into my life along with my half-sister, and within six months, that, that's what happened with my daughter. She got taken um, from allegations that were false and then some that were true, but they were fixed. But once again, that doesn't matter to DCS in a lot of cases. So no, you know, I went through money. all the stuff. They, the more yeah, kids they can, exactly. the more money they so, make. It's like family court. The purpose of family court is to award kids to the worst possible parents so that the, the good parent is traumatized, made to look crazy, and they can keep making money. I mean, I know how this works. I would say that makes a lot of sense based off of the reports from them. Mm-hmm. But my therapist and the other people that were helping me said the opposite. So. <laughs> of course they but, do. But, you know, that, yeah. So the advocates were for me, but, you know, since DCS has a higher hand in the court system, it didn't uh-huh. really matter. So it ended up being judged the way it was. Well, at this point, yeah, sometime in the middle of this, I, you know, I just got sick of it all and I left my first husband. I divorced him um, and immediately got with someone else. And this person, you know, he seemed one way, but ended up being another way. And I didn't know until I after I married him how bad that was going to be later. So what were you, what were you looking like, for at this time? Because the first husband and then to found somebody else. What, what were you looking for? What was, what was it like your purpose in life at the point? Or what, were you, what, what did you need to find at this point? Well, see, so I was raised in the church. I wanted to follow God. And my first husband kind of like, I felt like, he didn't understand exactly how far I wanted to take that because I, I literally wanted to live for God then, but I felt like I was always held back. So then after they, my daughter was taken, my family was ripped apart. Um, I lost, you know, I had no contact at that point with my dad's side because of what they did to me. Um, I felt like the whole world was against me, so I kind of was mad at God a little bit. I was like, I don't understand this, and I ran. 
And so I think I was just looking for a way out. I was looking for a way out. I was looking for love where I could find it. Um, and that's kind of why I fell into the hands of this next person. And, okay. you know, I'm, at first it seemed one way, and then it just started to turn into this big, massive mess. I mean, I even got with them the wrong way. I'll, I'll admit that. Like, I did mistakes there, and I regret those mistakes because I hurt people doing that. And it's like, I wish I could take it back, and I know I can't. Um, but anyways, long story short, there, then from there, you know, we got married and, um, a year into the marriage, um, I got pregnant and, um, it seemed okay at that point. And then, uh, we decided to have another one and that was like, they were 19 months apart. So I had two daughters and at that point I felt, you know, that fulfillment. Okay. I have kids and I took care of them and I did the right thing. So, you know, now everything's good even though I was still missing my first, you know, born, it like helped in a sense, what mm -hmm. seemed to fill that void, but not fully, if that makes sense. Um, no, it does. But it, then... it sounds like there's a, and I hear this a lot of times and I had the same thing myself. There's, there's, there's a time in your life when you, when you're conditioned to do what you think you should do. And then there's a time in your life when you start doing what you're supposed to do. And I think I'm, we're going to get to that transition, but it sounds like you're, uh, this is what I think I should do period, get married, have kids, and this will, you know, kind of fulfill your life. And, uh, you know, that's, that's only part of it. It's a big part, but it's, it's, it's not the whole thing. Right. It's Make not sense? the whole thing. And yeah. yeah. And see the, at this point I was convinced, you know, well, my first one I left because of sexual immorality, but the second one, even though he did something similar, even worse than that, mm -hmm. I was like, I can't, can't go through another divorce. Like I literally can't do this. So I forced myself to stay with him, even though we had massive problems, but that shifted when the abuse started. So when that happened, um, it got really bad, and I just got to a point where I didn't know what to do. I felt like I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything about it because, you know, I felt like I was going to get trouble, like things were going to be turned around on me because of the experience I had before. Yeah, so lose I was your like, kids again. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah exactly. Sense. So I oh, yeah. separated from him for I think seven months, like it was a while. And then he acted fine. So then I came back and it just got weird. There was a lot of random separations for like days at a time in the beginning too. It was just so silly. <laughs> Actually, I'm one of the separations I'm going to add in real quick because it's kind of important. The very, like, I think it was the fourth separation in the first two months of marriage. Oh, it sounds ridiculous, but that's literally what happened. Um, mm -hmm. Around those times, that's actually when I met Drew. He was a friend of a friend. And he was, like, there for me when I was going through all that kind of stuff. So that comes into play later. But that's when I met him. And then when I went back with my ex, because he kept saying, I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to divorce you. And then he never did. Um, I, you know, I had to block everybody. Any guys? Nope. Got to block them. Uh, that's what I did. And we continued on, had kids. And then EB started. And then at that point, it got to a place where I just hated my life. I'm like, what am I even doing? Um you know, it just got ridiculous because sometime in the middle of that, I had a day um, in 2017 when I cried out to God and I said, you know, God, I really want to give you my life because I'm actually afraid of Revelation. <laughs> I took the book of Revelation. It stood mm -hmm. out to me when I saw an eclipse, eclipse for the first time. And it like all dawned on me and I got so scared. I was like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to die in this. I, I want to, you know, give my life to you. So I did that in the middle of that marriage. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I'm not supposed to leave my husband even though I could. I just don't think I should. So I tried to slowly but surely preach to him in a sense, but not overbearing. 
but I showed him the changes in me. Well, How'd instead of over? it doing good, uh, not yeah. well oh. at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what ended not up surprised. happening was he got mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's like, uh, that's not what I wanted. Uh, I didn't marry a preacher. I didn't want to marry a minister. Like he got really upset with me. So did he tell time, you what he did want? About two. Did he tell you what he did want? What he didn't want. What he did want. <laughs> what did he want? What he did want. He basically wanted someone that was free spirited, would do anything crazy with him, um, and didn't really do anything about restrictions. Oh. Basically, li- living a lawless life, like he didn't want restrictions. Um, and so I, that just wasn't my my cup of tea. And I don't know why I tried to force it so hard. To be honest, I do believe it had to do with the spiritual side. Um, you know, like when there's counterfeits and stuff like that, and we'll get into that later. I would call that a counterfeit love, um, where it's like Can I take a guess? getting that. Yeah, Can I take a guess ahead. what I'm hearing? What I'm hearing is you're an empath mm-hmm. in a world of narcissists. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few out there, I would say that. But, yeah, that's okay. pretty much what that was. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, you think you can change them, but that's the thing. If they're a narcissist, that's not going to probably happen. So. Oh, got a lot of experience there. <laughs> Wendy will attest to that. So, yeah, I, I know all about this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, speaking of that, um, I should probably say to anybody listening, if you know someone as a narcissist, pray for them and pray for them, but don't expect to change them yourself. I'm just saying it from experience, um, just to save Amen. you trouble. <laughs> okay. um, but anyways, from here, about two years of that didn't work, broke down to God one day in 2019, and I just said, you know what, God, I just I just want my life to be better. I know you have better for me. So whatever your will is, and I mean, when I say I broke down, I was on the floor at like midnight screaming at the ceiling crying for like an hour mm-hmm. at the ceiling, like, God, hear me, hear me, hear me. Like, I, I just want your will. Even if I lose my marriage, I want your will. I literally said that, and... Three hours later, my ex calls me and told me he's leaving me. And I'm so like, God did what the heck? You. God did hear you. I think God always hears us, but we don't always hear God. And, and sometimes the messages aren't yeah. screaming at you. And Wendy and I have talked about this. That the, the messages aren't screaming. You know, you, you got to actually be quiet and listen. And that's the, that's the right. part that I think most of us miss is that we all talk. A lot of us talk to God. Uh, but you got you got the listening part is the part that's not really taught. I don't know if they get. I don't even think church is that. That uh, you know, it's all about praying. But there's this, this, you know, that's only half. Wendy, how am I doing? Does this make sense? No, I think you're doing great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Feel free to jump in. I yeah. don't have a problem doing. It. Yeah. Okay. No, all right. Good. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that it, half of it is listening, and I really wasn't. I mean, I could feel it. You know, I mm-hmm. could feel it. The doors closing, and that. Hey, this is probably not going to work, and but I kept forcing it, forcing it, and I oh. did it because I let a lot of legalistic mindsets of religious people get into my Uh-oh. head, and that's why I stayed yep. so long. Never, never so, let religion or church I, get between you and God. I mean, that, that's kind of like a rule around here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, this was at this time I was still figuring this out, so um, okay. I just thought I could at least, you know. Well. Hmm. You know, he, you know, there was cheating involved. There was abuse involved. Like I could have left him. I just kept thinking that I can't get married again if I, if I get in that situation. So it was just right. making me say, well, after he left me, now it's a place of if an unbeliever leaves, you're called to peace, and you're supposed to let him go, and that you're not bound to yep. that situation anymore. 
So at that point, you know, I, God brought me closer to him, and he showed me a bunch of verses about, like, what I should do in the meantime. So I had to, you know, deal with healing, trusting, and listening. Mm-hmm. So I did all of that, and it was like that for about 10 months. But by about the 10th month, you know, we had been divorced for three and a half months at that point. Um, I get a phone call from uh, a friend, and he had another friend with him, which happened to be Drew. And Drew had random asked me to hang out. Like, I'd seen him a couple times that year, just at a brief, you know, brief distance because he was dating someone at the time, but we didn't really talk. Um, but that was the first time I'd seen him in, like, five years. And then when he called to ask to hang out, I'm like, well, that's kind of odd because this morning I just asked God, what do you want me to do today? And 30 minutes after I said that, I get a call, and he wants to hang out. So it dawned on me, okay, God. And then he, I, you know, I felt my spirit just trust me. It's okay because I knew that it used to be dark, and it kind of scared me. But he put peace over that. So I went and got him. I brought him back. And from that day, he never left. He, like, literally never left. Um, it's a long story, but basically... He's still there? Drew, are you but, still there? Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Drew. What? 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 I just but you can try this. He asked you out, and he's still there. That's, that's, that's a pretty good date. <laughs> but you can try it on that part of you, what? Because it's part of oh, you, too. You're going to get into it when you tell yourself something. Okay, speak up. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we can't like are, are we, are we passing the phone? <laughs> I still see no, you guys can call on a separate line. All right. Okay. Oh, all right. Good. Okay. Good. Oh, you, I guess you have um, the same line or something. Yeah. Okay. No, we're, we're, I can still hear everybody. Hmm. We can still hear everybody. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so at that point, <laughs> Drew will be talking about his here in a minute. At that point. Oh, uh, I can't wait to hear his side of it. Got, this is going to be great. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. You should definitely hear his slide. So you got to talk about that today. <laughs> um, but anyways, at this point, it's um, kind of weird. You know, he he ended up uh, moving in my house, but he lived on the other side of the house because I was trying to, you know, stay holy and everything. I was trying not to do stupid stuff. So I was like, you can live on the other side of the house because your roommate just kicked you out. But that, he ended up moving in because they kicked him out. But it was like right after I just started hanging out with him. And I was like, what? How? how that's kind of weird. Well, the day I picked him up, you know, I didn't know what was going on in his background. I didn't know what was going on in his mind, but I could tell something was off, but that he was looking for something. So I'd asked him by the end of the night, do you want to give your life to Christ? You know, and he just didn't hesitate, and it was surprising to me. Um, so at that point, I'm like, okay, that's, that's awesome. You know, like, congratulations. So I just let him through, like, how, how you do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I just noticed an immediate change. Like he, had, God has clearly been working on his heart in the last several years since I'd seen him the first time, and I was just shocked. So at this point, the eleven days after you know he's around me, he decides to ask me out, and I'm like, you know, I think I think that makes a lot of sense after we talked about it. So I said yes, and then another, then six days later, there was another day where I was messaging someone for a new house because I was getting evicted from um, complications with, like, my ex leaving the house and it being during COVID and all that kind of stuff. And he asked me what I was messaging, and I said, oh, I'm messaging this guy and saying, like, me and my roommate are looking for a place. And he's like, roommate? You should have said fiancé. And I was like, (laughs) are you asking me to marry you? Like, 
are you serious right now? I'm like, we've been dating for six days. And he's like, yes, I'm being serious. Well, that's, that's an interesting proposal. I, was, I, I haven't heard that approach, you know, during a during right. that's, good. that's very clever. That's, 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 that's nice. Very clever. Well, since, we're, since we're getting room together, let's get married. Okay, that makes sense. I think people forget I that, like, um, you know, part of, part of God's, you know, grace of us is, is humor. And I think, uh, you know, and we didn't, Wendy and I talk about this a lot, that you look at the funny things that happen. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like, you know, if it's funny, if it's good, if it's easy, then, uh, you know, then you're obviously, you know, on the right path. Um, and so we shall see. I had a, actually have a question from one of our uh, listeners who actually has a show on Blog Talk also, because uh, you mentioned um, depressed before. Uh, did you have issues with antidepressants or other drugs, and did that play into it? Uh, again, your choice to answer whether you want to or not, but uh, that was one of the questions that came up on live chat. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, for 10 years as a child from the age of 8 to 18, I was on a whole bunch of narcotics, antidepressants, um, whatever else okay. they said I was diagnosed with. And then mm-hmm. I decided as an adult that it wasn't working and I wanted to stop. So I went cold turkey at 18. But the recovery Good. from that took years because mm-hmm. it, when you're developing as a child and you're on all those medications, you don't even know who you are by the time you go off of them as an adult. So yep. that's actually what led to a lot oh, of problems in my first so, part of adulthood. Yeah. Is it like starting over? Do you have to kind of you know, sort of go back to when you were a kid before that and kind of catch up? Do you have sort of like a mental process like that? Sort of like re-raise yourself? Um, Okay. Yeah, in a sense, because then when you have like depression bouts, like where it would come on and off because like they said I was bipolar too or whatever, I did notice them a little bit, but it was like I had to fight through that. But I I wanted it so bad to be off meds that I didn't care. I was just like, no, I'm going to find a way to do this without the medication. Um, And I started basically speaking that to myself, like, hey, I don't know if I buy what they said. I think I'm fine. I think that I can relearn how to live like a proper adult, you know? So the more I did that over a period of time, the symptoms of those supposed disorders started to go away. So, yeah, I think and those then we'll get into why that disorders. happened later. Yeah, you know, the antidepressants that yeah. can cause depression. I think that uh, it's like the yeah. – a little sidetrack here. The COVID shots are giving people COVID. You know, so it, yeah. big pharma is one of the biggest enemies we've got right now uh, is definitely pure yeah. evil in those people. And so the idea of, of giving people, you know, like uh, if I were born at a different time, I would have been slapped on ADHD meds. I guarantee you because I was I was as hyperactive as you get in school. I never sat still. I was constantly asking questions and they were sick of me. <laughs> you know, it was before the drugs. But otherwise, I guarantee you I would have been drugged out, uh, you know, with uh, Ritalin and all kinds of other things like that. It's an absolute crime. Because it completely delays your yeah. your development, as you say, you become a different person. You don't know who you are because these drugs take over, and they try and give you a personality. You know, quiet, sit there in, in class. Don't you know? Don't be disruptive. Don't don't think. Don't be creative. Do what we tell you. Be conditioned. You know, we'll tell you what you should do and follow from there. And it's completely it's completely oh. alien to our nature as individuals. We're creative and inspired, and we have you know good days and bad days, and we get angry and we come up with uh, you know crazy ideas and all kinds of things like that. I do that as an adult all the time, but to me, I realize it's now natural. And as a kid, you don't have that basis of life to realize that it is natural to have all kinds of things going on and to have that drugged out of you. That's the crime. That's what takes away from from who you are. And so you have to find a way to replace that. And the best place to start is God. 
And that just makes perfect sense to me. And right. then you can build, you know, and as you rebuild your personality, you go, oh, this is what I should have been doing. <laughs> and then it seems natural. So once right. it gets to be natural, that I think is the big difference. What Definitely. I mean, those meds, when, when you're a narcotic, you know, that's what you know. Your brain knows that. That's like, mm-hmm. okay, I was on the highest dose of Adderall for the longest time. And if you, give, yeah. you, if you go above that, it's dangerous. So when I went off of that, it mm-hmm. basically is like someone going off of meth. It's very, very similar. Um, yeah. The withdrawals are really, really bad. You want to sleep, you gain weight, you feel like crap, you don't know how to function. Um, and that's what it was like for, like, one to two years, it was just a big mess. And it's because I'd been on them for so long. Um, but I finally did get over that and, you know, went through things to help myself uh, to be able to function as an adult. But it just took a lot longer than it probably should, you know, should have. But mm-hmm. I eventually got it. It's a little late. Um, but anyways, is, is that, did that answer the question? Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah, Absolutely. Okay. There's no there's no right or wrong okay. here as far as answers go. So we just, <laughs> we just we just we just talk a lot and and digress and sidetrack and eventually we just you know by by the end of the show we go oh that was amazing. That's kind of thing. We're we're very free flowing. Right. We're like we're like the James Joyce of talk shows. It's it's a stream of consciousness. So yeah, free stream. Okay. Where are we okay. Going so here? things yeah. that you always. Wendy. Oh, did you want so to come you, in, Wendy? You, yeah. So, well, I just wanted to chime in, yeah, because yeah, uh, we have so much to cover today, and I know two hours sounds like it's a long time, but it's not. So, nope. um, we were we stopped at the point where uh, you realized that he wanted a serious relationship and wanted to get married. Right. Yes. Okay. So at this point, you know, we're like, I'm like, okay, and I ended up saying yes because I just felt like God was tugging me, saying yes. And he confirmed through a different, few different sources, as well, as well as, like, the piece that I had about it. Um, but at this point, I'm like, okay, well, when do you want to get married? You know, most people go months and, you know, out or whatever, if not years with some cases. And we kept looking at all the months ahead, and they just weren't lining up right. It just seemed like there was a birthday or a death or a uh, a holiday or something that all was on these months. And there was, like, no time except for the month we were already in. So I was like, how about well, that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, gee, I wonder how so that worked out. You want to get married mm, yeah. like this month? Mm, mm, yeah. How <laughs> and about he's like, that? whatever you want. Yeah. Mm. He agreed. He's like, it's whatever you want to do. I'm like, okay. So then I thought of this one pastor, like it hit my mind and I'm like, Oh, I, I used to have him as a pastor. I wonder if he would be willing to marry us, you know, at this particular place that I've always wanted to get married. But, it, you know, it's something that was a lot cheaper How about that than too? the average wedding. See, this is lining yeah, up really well. I don't, yeah, I didn't say okay. that much, mm-hmm. no. Yep. And Just, I was yep. like, I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> I'm going to talk to him. And he's like, yeah, I'm free Sunday. Hmm. And I'm How like, convenient. all right, we'll take it. Yeah. Four days. Four days after he asked me to marry him, we got married. <laughs> well, he didn't really Literally, ask you. He just kind of said you're, you're, he just kind of said, "Call me your fiance." That I think is hysterical. I can't <laughs> wait to talk to Drew. But anyway, go ahead. This is great. <laughs> yeah, no, his humor's something else. Um, <laughs> but no, that was so impressive to me that you know, just your my fiance thing that uh-huh. um, I didn't care about a ring. I was like, you know what? Screw the ring. That was better than a ring because <laughs> that's yeah. a memory that'll last forever. <laughs> you had a rental agreement. Who needs a ring? This is great. <laughs> but at this point, so we get married, and, you know, I 
once again, I'd had to get evicted because of COVID and my ex leaving at the wrong time. And there were several months without a job. I did have a job at this point, but I couldn't get caught up on rent. So I ended up getting evicted. And my mom, you know, allowed us to move in. Five days after we got married, we had to move in my mother's house. And that, that didn't exactly go the greatest. But it's just because it was one house with two different families. And, you know, some people know how that goes. So um, my mom's a Christian. So, she, you know, we did our best. It's just two different you know, types of families going on. Um, but anyways, while we were in there, 10 days in to getting married, Drew sustained a back injury. And at this, you know, he had already had a diagnosis as, as he was younger um, for, like, degenerative disc disease, among a few other things. And so it kicked him into what they call an episode. And we went to hospital visit after hospital visit, and it just wasn't getting any better. Um, and it was from there that the attack. Well, I feel like that was the first attack, but the demonic activity started to really, really amp up. Um, we just had several things happen where he was getting locked out of the house. <laughs> I wasn't doing it. My parents weren't doing it. Um, he would just get locked out of the house. It wasn't explained. Um, he said that, you know, um, he had seen things, heard things, whatever. And then one day we're sitting there. And I'm changing my daughter, and I feel a hand go up my back. And I'm like, what the heck is that? I said, Drew, something just touched me. I'm not even playing. And he's like, what do you mean? And something then poked him. And he's like, uh, okay, hold on a second. And he he kind of mentioned a little bit of his background, but not a ton. So he goes into the closet, and he shuts the door. There's no lights on. And I was like, okay. He comes out, and he's like, yeah, no. And I was like, yeah, no, what? He's like, there's like four demons in there. And I'm like, okay. I was like, well, we got to cast him out then. I ain't going to have this. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't know what so, casting oh, wait, demons uh, out is? He goes, no. This is interesting. So he knows the presence of demons, but doesn't yeah. know about casting out. That's fascinating. I'm just curious. It I can't wait fascinating. to get Drew on the line here. Yeah, yeah. And again, just yeah. a time check. Like I say, when, when do you keep us on track here? Because I want to make sure we get what you want to accomplish today. Uh, I know we can get caught up in background sometimes. So I'm going to leave that to Wendy because she knows the program. But uh, demons, I'm, I'm curious about that. So let's define demons okay. for people that uh, aren't quite sure and then casting out. And let's, let's explain that because that's, that's kind of critical. Okay. Um, so if you study um, history and the Bible and that kind of stuff, it kind of breaks down what demons are. Demons mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. – uh, Wendy, I can go deep into this about the Nephilim if you want me to, but that's pretty much where it's going. <laughs> Um, well, we can cover the Nephilim. We can also cover um, the fallen angels, um, and all because it's, it's all tied together anyway. It's all it's all the dark dark forces. Okay, yeah. So the Nephilim were the hybrids that the fallen angels um, made when they mated with uh, women. They were not supposed to do that, so they created like a their own little race, and that was forbidden. So these creatures. Um, had like continuous evil thoughts. Uh, they were considered demigods, and that's why you hear about demigods across the world. They had supernatural abilities. Um, when they died, though, their bodies bound to the earth, and they can't do. They can only do certain things, but they prefer to be in. Their spirits prefer to be in bodies to be able to um, basically bring forth more evil into the world. Um, I'm sure billions and billions of these things were created over history's time, and that's why there's so many demons. And, you know, there's so many people now, so they, they kind of basically made that happen so that way they could get as many people to the hell as possible. But 
Um, it's a long story. That's not the whole story, but that's like a yes. brief summary. Um, but their jobs are basically they follow like the higher ups or whatever, and in the kingdom of darkness, and they um, basically try to possess or oppress as many people as possible, mm-hmm. and they try as many loopholes as possible, and that's why you see so many people with so many problems, especially nowadays. Oh, I see evil everywhere these days, especially since the whole COVID government thing started. And we'll talk about that another time, too. I don't want to get sidetracked. But there is, there is real evil out there. Uh, and there are real people yeah. who are evil. And we see who they are. We saw it during the Holocaust, you know, in Nazi Germany. We saw it during, uh, you know, China and, and Russia under Stalin. I mean, there is evil. And it's back. Um, and so, uh, yeah. but again, we have several. I've got about four shows in mind already. Anyway. Okay. Sorry, so, Wendy. yeah, like, speaking of that, though, me and... <laughs> Me and Wendy talked, and we were talking yesterday, and uh-huh. we agreed that, you know, the physical realm is is a reflection of the spiritual realm. Right. So if something's yeah. going down physically, it's because it started in the spirit realm first. Uh-huh. So it's just a reflection. So you see all the reflection of evil nowadays well, it's because it started in the spirit realm first, and that created a domino effect for more and more evil to come about. And, and just to so people understand, um, there is a hierarchy in the spirit realm. <clears throat> God has a hierarchy in, in his kingdom, and because Satan can't create, he can only counterfeit. He, he, can, yeah. um, he, he has uh, the ranks and hierarchy in his dark kingdom, but it's all based on God's kingdom. So when it says that he appears as an angel of light, it's because he is counterfeiting what God has already done um, because he can't create it himself. So um, understand that there, there really is um, uh, levels and ranks and, and regions and territories that are um, ruled, like we have governors of states, we have presidents of the United States, and we have different leaders of different countries. It's the same thing in the spirit realm. Everything down here is a mirror of what is going on in the spirit realm, uh, whether mm-hmm. to the good or to the bad. So I just wanted to put that foundation out there. Yeah, I wonder if people know how right. much impact the spirit world has on them, whether they, you know, whether they know about it or not. And, and this is where you have to go to fight the, the battles down here. You have to start in the spirit world, uh, spirit realm, and then and then bring it back here. Uh, so you can't do one without Most the other. People, They're disconnected. Yeah. Wendy? Right. Well, most people are absolutely clueless, which is why okay. today's show is so important. Yep. So we are going to highlight and let people see that you, you better get on board with the fact that the spirit realm is so much more real than what you see here, because so much of what you see here is illusion. What's hmm. going on in the okay. spirit realm is what's really going on. So, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> about the casting of demons, he didn't know what they were. Um, and then we're going to get into his testimony, and then you're going to see, you know, obviously it says a little bit about how he passed those, he, had, he was a warlock for a very long time. So uh, he knew about demons, he, he communicated with demons, he did things for demons, blah, 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 blah. But he didn't know the, the other side. The other side is the opposite. So when I said cast get, out, get, he was like, oh, go ahead. Um, get, get closer to the phone because you're starting to sound far oh, away sorry. again. You're good. Um, so when he That's when better. I said cast out, he was like, I don't understand. I only know how to bring them in. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well you're you're a new creation in Christ now, so you need to learn <laughs> how to do this. So I said just follow my lead. So he he copied what I did, and you know 
they vanished. At least that's what he saw. And I went to the closet to go grab my cat that had ran in there. And I smelled the worst <laughs> sulfur smell I'd ever smelled in my life. So I was like, yeah, they were definitely in here for sure. Because that's not going to be there for no reason. Um, but yeah, so Why the sulfur? Uh, because what? the pits of hell smell really bad. <laughs> It's also, one of the of it's also one of the ingredients of gunpowder. That's why I was curious. Well, I would, I would just go with well, the health the thing because that's Okay, that makes sense. Fine. I'm just, you know, yeah. thinking. Okay. But, yeah, that is an interesting fact now that you say that. <laughs> but, yeah, so from there it was like um, we went through trial and error, getting closer to each other, um, dealing with his back condition, blah, blah, blah. And from there, around nine months into our marriage, uh, we um, finally had gotten to move into a different place. And uh, I had a mentor at the time. And, like, he's still in my life now. But um, at the time, he was really mentoring me. Um, he he actually helped me with a lot of things at the time, Andrew. And he, uh, when I asked him if he could baptize us. And he said, sure, but I live in Michigan. And I was like, well, I'm in Indiana, but you know what? I'm going to drive and I'm going to go get you. So we did that, and it was like a nine-hour driving day total, but we got baptized in our favorite river we'd like to go fishing at. And um, from that day forward, we started noticing changes, and he had told us before we left, today on, your life's going to change. It's going to be a new chapter for you guys. And I said, okay. And then I got a prophecy from my mother that same week, right after we got baptized, and she said, God told me to give you this, and it had to do with, what God wanted us to do. And he basically said that I want you to go minister to my people. And as you do that, your wounding will leave you. So he wants us to minister while we're getting healed at the same time. And so we step out and start doing that. And he also said, be led of my spirit and not of your own, and that you will serve me in the darkest of nights. And that phrase never left me, that darkest of nights thing. I was like, whoa, that sounds like a lot there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, let's do it. So we started ministering and for some reason it immediately led into deliverance while we were ministering to someone like i don't know why we just both like knew that it had to do with deliverance and so we started trying deliverance and saw that it worked immediately there was like not really that many problems and so it was like we just instinctively knew that people needed to get delivered to be set free so let's talk about what that looks like um, because when people don't even know um, why they do what they do sometimes, they just know that sometimes this overwhelming urge comes upon them and they just have to do whatever it is, um, not even something they want to do. It just They just do it. Um, if, or they get angry, something sets them off, they don't understand why, or they're hearing something completely opposite of what somebody's actually saying. If, if you ever get in a fight and somebody says, that's not what I said, <laughs> that's not even close to what I said, but uh. that's what you heard, um, all of these are is demonic activity, okay, um, of, of different types. And so there's, it's really important that people understand that the, the whole purpose of deliverance is to set somebody free, to literally um, get something out that is holding them captive to something. So... Um, freedom is is what deliverance is about. So you can walk in the freedom of Christ. And you and I, Greg, have talked about you know, the whole purpose of, of freedom for, in, in, in God for a long time. So oh, that, yeah. that is his thing. 
Uh, he doesn't want people bound up. He doesn't want you hindered and, and fettered in any way because he gave you gifts to use for a reason, right, to further the kingdom. So anyway, um, that's what deliverance ministry is about, is setting people free of the oppression or possession of demons um, and, and what they do and, and the, the constant chaos in your mind, the constant chaos in your life. And, and chaos is a telltale sign. If you have chaos in your life, you have demonic activity in or around you, um, and you need deliverance. Yeah, so. that's, that's 100% accurate. Oh. Wait a minute, I have to take this. <laughs> okay. Yes, God? <laughs> Get to the good stuff. Stop messing around with all this background. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> we only have like an hour and seven minutes left, so I want to make sure that. See, we got to check. God calls the show directly. We're the only show that God calls. His phone is a little old, but that's okay. It's God's phone, so we don't really make a fuss about it. But uh, yeah. So uh, so let's. Uh... <laughs> Sorry let's, about that. Let's jump to Drew. <laughs> let's let's get to Drew. Let's get oh. uh, let's get into deliverance because I want people to understand um, that probably most of the, one of the most important things we can help folks with is to know when the enemy's pulling you one way and when God is 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 guiding you another. And you've got to be able to recognize the difference. Otherwise, you're you know you're going to be confused. Um, so let's. Does that make sense? Exactly. Okay. Yes, and and yeah. to those who are messing around with with psychics. Um, let me just give you a, a, a heads up right now that mm-hmm. psychics um, were given a gift by the Lord, but they are using it for the wrong reasons and, and for the wrong God um, right. because they're actually meant to be prophets. Psychics mm. were actually called to be prophets, but they are oh, using their gift for evil. Okay. And they're, they're messing with a dark side, uh, the demonic realm. Um, so I'm just letting you know, if, you, if you're going to a psychic, you need to repent <laughs> and ask God to help, to help you now, get deliverance now, because there are now uh, demonic stuff attached to you because of, of going there. Um, and if you are a psychic and you're listening, turn now, because you know what? You, you were given a gift. You know you were given a gift, and it's time to use that for the Lord and to, to turn around. So you need to repent and, and ask God to forgive you and to help you use your gift the way it was supposed to be. So I'm just going to throw that out there. No, that's absolutely true. <laughs> so and that, that's the whole point. So but you have to recognize your gifts, too. Uh, and if people think that, uh, you know, it's, it's them. You know, like I say, I, you know, I have a ridiculously large amount of good ideas. And, and people say, well, you know, where all those ideas come from? Said, These are God ideas. I'm just a messenger. And, and so once you know your, your, your kind of place in the whole scheme, uh, it makes it much easier. And so just, just recognize, you know, the gifts that you're given, run with them. And the other expression, you know, let go and let God, or as I say, you know, let go and just hang on <laughs> because, you know, things are going to get very interesting uh, when you do. And, and here we are with this incredible organization of, of the most amazing people in the world and uh, able to bring shows to, to folks that uh, don't exist anywhere else. And so that's, 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 yeah. uh, that's our gift here that, uh, that, that we work with. Back to you guys. Yeah. So, okay. So, Drew, good morning. <laughs> Hi, Drew. Good morning. He's hey. so patient. Oh, there's a, there's um, a gift for you. He's been listening for 55 minutes. That's good. <laughs> Drew is a very patient guy. So. Yeah. Um, I, well, come I, out of the closet, I Drew. Let's. Have... Uh, no, I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist. I had to throw that in. <laughs> yeah, wrong, wrong term. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, well, Drew, um, because we are tight on time, um, we're just kind of going to go through um, 
like a, a the Reader's Digest version because mm-hmm. I do want to remind everybody um, you need to go to um, Drew and Marissa DeKine on YouTube. Subscribe to their channel and hit that bell because their his whole testimony is going to be put up today, a little afternoon, um, Eastern Standard Time. So please go ahead and and, and do that. Drew and Marissa DeKine and this D E A K Y N E on YouTube. Subscribe, hit the bell so you get the notification. So Drew, good morning. I'm so glad that you're on the show, you and Marissa, um, and you have actually uh, been to hell. You have seen hell. Um, you were yeah. a warlock, so you can see into the spirit realm. You were in a gang. You, you went through all that entails with that. Um, you've been through some stuff, and the enemy's been trying to take you out since literally you were a baby. Um, so you wanted to yeah. kind of mention that a little bit? Um, whenever um, I was born, um, my bio father had tried killing me from the start. Um, he threw me down a flight of stairs, and they weren't. They was rushed to a hospital, and they weren't for sure if I was gonna make it out alive or not. Um, he was very abusive. Also to my other brother and sister that I had at the time, um, just a really rough childhood. Yes. Um, and then you, know, and you were adopted by a good family after that, thank goodness. Um, because uh, I was removed from the home and uh, was put into the foster care. Well, my adoptive parents, whenever I was the age of about two had came and adopted me and my brother from the foster family where we lived with them for I think I don't know he has memory issues guys so uh, uh, Wendy he does better with like direct questions but okay I don't remember I know your mom told us the story but I, I can't even tell you how long I think you were there for maybe like a year or something like that but um there, your mom, your bio mom, you were told about your bio mom? Oh, from there, I was told about uh, my biological mother that when, whenever I was eight, that she had passed away. Um, I never got that chance to know her. Um, right. Deep down, there's days that I still wish I could know her. But I know that's at another place in time. Um, yes. Well, it, you were, um, because of all the trauma in your life, and, and people need to understand that trauma is a big entry point for the demonic realm. Um, they, they cause, actually, the trauma, so they have an entry point. Um, and because humans are going through so much during a trauma, you're not even aware of the entry of the demonic oppression and possession that can happen during those times. So um, you went through um, a lot of stuff coming up um, and, and, and because rejection is a spirit, you know, all kinds of stuff is a spirit. Um, and it caused you to go into um, witchcraft, you know, into the dark side, um, going into the gang life. Um, but when you gave your life to Christ, um, 
God did not take the gifting of seeing in the spirit away from you. Matter of fact, he he even um, used it for the kingdom then after that, correct? Yes. Okay. So most people don't have that gift, Drew, <laughs> being able to see into the spirit realm. So um, you have a very unique uh, gifting um, that maybe you can um, tell people um, what it is um, for you to, to, when you go to do a deliverance, you actually see um, what is coming against the people, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. What's a, what's and, a deliverance? And, let's, let's get into that so people know what we're talking about. Um, when, Are we jumping when ahead? When Marissa and Drew you know, do deliverance together, um, right. Why don't you kind of um, walk through what that means for each of you? Because Marissa um, does not have the same giftings you do, and vice versa. So why don't you guys talk about that together? About what, how you kind of tag team during a deliverance session? Okay. Um, so basically, I'm usually the person who um, tells the demons to leave, and like I can tell by physical manifestations if someone's like manifesting or if they're forward, like demons forward or not, that kind of thing. But uh, we walk through with someone before we get to the deliverance part about all the other things that need to be taken care of before you even start delivering someone. First and foremost, they need to be um, have given their life to Christ. The second, we need to tackle unforgiveness because unforgiveness is a serious, serious issue. Um, that sin alone, and I know a lot of people will argue this, but the Bible is clear. You reap what you sow, and it says to forgive others so God can forgive you. Um, Drew found that out from an experience that he had when he went to hell one time. So he saw it for himself, and I'm sure he'll tell you that here in a minute. But that's another thing we tackle. We tackle that, and then from there is like a little random other things. It just depends on the person. But, you know, strongholds. Um, there's things called spirit spouses or soul ties. Um, there's just a whole huge process that we go through, breaking curses, especially generational ones, bloodline stuff, demonic altars in the spirit. We break all that stuff first before we even start delivering because if those aren't dealt with, the demons ain't going to come out. So it's just right. better to do it and, that way to make sure you get all of them out. And, and I also want to put, to put a heavy caveat here. Um, that if you do not belong to Jesus Christ, if you have not given your life and heart to him, you don't want to do deliverance. And because scripture is clear about this, that once you clean the house, if it is not filled with the Holy Spirit, those demons that were cast out will go gather uh, demons that are seven times worse than they are, and they will come back and your life will be even worse than before deliverance. And you don't want to mess with that. So you yeah. want about one of the benefits of knowing Jesus? There you go. <laughs> don't <laughs> mess with the spirit realm if you don't belong to Christ, okay? So um, it's, it's, it's a heavy-duty responsibility that Marissa and Drew um, are involved in. And she's, she's speaking truth that you better belong to Christ before you think about deliverance and that there are other things that you need to, to steps to go through before you actually start dealing with, with the demonic realm. So thank you, Marissa. I appreciate that. Yeah. I need you to close the phone too. And if there's oh, any other phones in the area oh. or computers, we need to turn all those things off. So it's like one phone. If you guys are on two phones, you know, get far enough apart. I'm still getting some extra noise here. And I really want to make sure we get all this in. 
Okay. I'm not yeah. really sure what it is. I think everything's That's off. okay. Well, um, but I'm getting closer to the mic. Yep. There you go. Um, okay. So from there, yes, she's right about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, you ask the Holy Spirit to fill the empty spaces from which the demons have left once you cast them out. Um, just to make sure, like we make sure of that. And then from there, you can't just, oh, I'm delivered now so I can go do what I want. That's not how it works at all. Like you need to be serious about it. You need to follow Christ for real. And he explains in the Bible how, what that looks like. I mean, the disciples literally gave up things that were idols to them to prove their loyalty to God because God is a jealous God and he doesn't want idols. If you can't make him your only way, and your only love, like your first and only love, other than, you know, obviously your family under that, then you've you got some things going on, and it can prevent you from getting a close bond with uh, God directly. So that's, that's my take on that part, is that when I tell people that, you know, we're, you know we deliver you, and we're doing it because you've asked, but you have to stay on the path after we do it, because if you don't, then you're just going to open new doors. You know, yeah. a lot of people are going to think um, exorcism is what is what's crossing a lot of people's minds right now. So let's let's uh, distinguish the two. I well, think exorcism. I don't know, Wendy. What do you think that? That's kind of like well, a. That's basically, I'm sorry, that's I think a Hollywood term. when I hear that word. Yeah, that's well, why I said it. Term. And, yeah. and and if you will um, notice, the only religion you know, that is portrayed in Hollywood films is Catholicism. It's always huh. a priest. It's never a pastor. It's always, you know, uh, the Catholic Church um, where, where people attend. It's never any other. So it's, 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 well, that's, that's what is ingrained in, in the mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a whole different show. <laughs> but that's but, why I raised um, the yeah. issue. So, so we're not talking – so you don't want to confuse the two. There's a, there's, a, there's a complete difference here for what we're talking about. There is a complete difference between exorcism and deliverance. Okay. It may seem Good. similar, yeah. but like, like I said, yeah, the world is full of counterfeits, right? The dark side is full of counterfeits. Mm-hmm. So the exorcism is the counterfeit to deliverance. Yeah, okay. they just, just they run it down in Hollywood a weird way. Um, they, they make it seem a certain way. And the thing is, if you're doing deliverance and stuff like that, you need to be making sure that you are very, very close to God and you you got yourself right before you start doing that stuff. Now, yes. maybe not 100% healed in areas because, like I said, God gave us, you know, work. You need to start delivering people and ministering. But you will heal as you are doing it because it will help you with your healing. And what me and Drew found out is that when we learned things from the deliverance, as well as the fact that we knew we were helping people and that made us feel, you know, a lot better, um, we then applied it to ourselves. So Drew went through multiple deliverances, and I went through a couple myself. And, yes, sometimes you have to go through more than one depending on what's going on with you. Well, yeah, and, and there are groups. Yeah, um, when Jesus was dealing with the, the, the Gadarene man you know, who was living in the tombs um, in, in Gadara, um, and would, was so strong, he broke chains, literally, was cutting himself, was in absolute uh, misery, was out of his mind. Um, hmm. it, and, and Jesus cast, you know, told the demons to leave, and, and they wouldn't. So he said, you know, who are you? And he said, legion, we are many. There are demons that are attached to each other. So you can't just do one. You have to, you have to deal with the group. 
Um, so, and, and a legion is 6,000. So that man had at least 6,000 demons in him, okay? Um, wow. So it's, it, it, it's, it's amazing what the human body uh, will have to endure because of demonic activity. So God so say, wants us to... Uh, so you say demons in you, they're, they're, they're talking about demons that are physically in your body. Uh, or in your yes. soul, or both. How, how does well, how does that soul, work? In, in, in the soul realm, that, okay. they have to have a, a house to live in. They have okay. to have a house. So a human body to them is a house. That's where I'm going to live. Like parasites. So, yes, exactly. Okay. That's exactly a, a perfect perfect analogy. So okay. they have to have a house in order to to do what they need to do here on earth to further Satan's kingdom, to create chaos, to to you know make evil manifest, all that kind of stuff. They have to have a house. They have to have a human to use. And if that person is not saved and is not aware of what the attack is about and and what is trying to be done in the spirit realm, they mm-hmm. they are defenseless. They will not be able to withstand the attack of the enemy and the um, basically the the crashing of of the door to come in and take over the house. So um, it's really, really important to be aware of of that. And that's why we say that the spirit realm is much more real than what the illusions that we see here. But anyway, um, I would like to point out, um, again, when Marissa and Drew minister together and they're doing a deliverance, so say this person is is saved and they've gone through the uh, unforgiveness and they've gone through the checkpoints. When it comes time to do a deliverance, um, because Drew has the ability to see into the spirit realm um, and understand that, you know, when, when he was a warlock and, and went into the spirit realm all the time uh, for, for the wrong reasons, um, now he's using that um, for deliverance ministry and, and to see what is being, uh, what's coming against a person. Because when Marissa is ready to call out Drew can say, we're dealing with this demon and that demon and that demon. So Marissa goes ahead and starts dealing with those. Um, so it's really um, a unique situation that they have, and it's, it's truly a gift from God. Um, so if you have any questions them, about uh, that. Isn't it interesting that, that, that God divides the gifts so that it takes two uh, to make this work? I find that interesting. Yes. Well, okay. Drew, Drew and Marissa, do you want to – uh, talk about how God sent them out two by two, and then you're just following the plan. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much what our ministry is. You agree, Drew? Yeah. That um, you know, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two into the different cities, and He was their spiritual covering at the time because He was there physically as well. Um, but you know, we are me and Drew went out two by two. We had a uh, spiritual covering at the time, and that switched to someone else recently. Um, but we make sure we have other people around us because if we're dealing with something or we don't understand, we want to make sure that we don't, you know, make a mistake or whatever. And then if there's times we need breaks, we take breaks. But, um, yeah, we we both have the gift of healing as well, and that's like a whole other gift of the spirit. Um, but we found that out as we went with deliverance that we also um, have the gift of healing. So that that's something that I always thought, thought was very unique when I was Growing up, I've been told of the gift of healing, and I always wanted to know more. So um, that was a desire of mine, and that's a godly desire. So God was like, well, here you go. You, you've been doing the work, so, you, you know, this is, this is new for you guys, and here you go. And that was a couple of years ago, so now we've been doing that as well. But Drew, anything you tell them, like, kind of like the spirit realm looks like to you? 
I'm, I I know you told me before, but it's it's very unique. Drew is it hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. Hard to explain. Um, it's like give it give it a shot. Things through. Yeah, just explain it to the best of your ability. I know it's probably hard. Like when you look at someone and um. When you're like looking in their eyes and you says you can see demons, do you see like through their body, or does the demons kind of like kind of like come out? Like what does it look like? Yeah. Okay. He's having a hard time trying to figure out how to explain that. Okay. Well, this is how how do you when you, when you see a demon, what do you see? True. Uh, we're having technical difficulties with our headphones. It his fell out, and I think it got messed up. Give me, give me a second on that. Okay. I'm gonna try to fix that really quick, but that's okay. I tell you, what, let me play a couple um, things here. Give you, give let me play our contact information. Give you guys a minute to kind of do stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just, just mute yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it's now eight twelve, and we've got uh, yeah, most of this hour left. About forty seven minutes of of. Uh, uh, this incredible show. I mean, I'm just sitting here, you know. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. 
from the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. when you teach me production stuff. <laughs> I just go wild. All right, let's bring our folks back. I muted them because I was hearing some background noise. Wendy, you're back. Hello? Yes, hello. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's get uh, Marissa and Drew and see if we have uh, better connections here. And uh, Well, let's see if we can work on this before the show next time. But uh, hey, guys. Welcome back. Hey. We're, I think we got it fixed. Y'all back? Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to hear us. A little less than 45 minutes, so I want to make sure we get in everything that you want to get in. Uh, from Wendy's uh, announcement originally, we're talking about uh, Casting Out Demons, which we covered, Spirit Realm we've covered, uh, Hell, Heaven, and Overcoming Death, I think, are, are the, the big parts that are, are left here. And so we need to let's, – let's, let's focus in on those and make sure we get accomplished what you guys want to get accomplished. And then, like I say, you're always welcome back. So, you know, whatever we miss, yeah. we'll get to that later. Uh, well, yeah. Wendy? Well, what we had mentioned um, earlier that, you know, the death has been trying to, to get Drew since he was born. And when, when that happens, um, mm-hmm. it's because hell recognizes the gift in, in a child. You know, and, and so they're going to try to do everything they can to stop that gift from being developed and used Ooh, against their kingdom. I know about kingdom. that. <laughs> I, yep, I had a mother that's trying to destroy my spirit my whole life, so I know all about this. This is this is this yeah. is a psychological warfare with me, and I was never physically hurt, but it was psychological warfare from day one. I didn't even know the war had been declared right. before, you know, until I, you know, until I was until a little bit like about five. I said, you know, something not right about my family. There's something that's just not right here, and uh, and so began my journey of independence. So trust me when I say I understand. Anyway, Wendy, back to you. Yes. So, um, but anyway, what, one of the things, uh, Drew, um, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good, thanks. Um, one of the things that, you know, we talked about your bio dad throwing you down the stairs and, and there's been other things in your life um, where the enemies just try to take you out um, because you do have a powerful gift. Um, did, when, when did you realize that, um, that this was a, a gift not, not just for the dark side but but that God wanted to use that very same thing that you use for the dark side for, um, for deliverance. Was there a specific time when you recognized that? Um, and sometimes it just, it grows on you, I know, but I, maybe there wasn't just right. an instant, you know? So um, what, what are you um, – what are you seeing um, in that gift? You know, when at, as you're using it, are are you seeing it grow? As you the more that you're using it, are you seeing more, um, or or is it pretty much the same? Like whenever I look into like whenever I see demons, I see them in like almost like a human form, but it's not human form. It's literally the person is like, literally burnt, like, flesh hanging off, um, this whole spectrum. 
Right. And you know, that, that would scare most people. You know, that, right. that would scare most people. Yeah. But, but you don't, it, it doesn't affect you. you, you it's like you, you just see what you see. So that's pretty amazing. Right. So when, when you first saw that, did, did any of it, you know, affect you? Or, or you just kind of took it as, oh, well, this is the way it is? I just took it basically as, you know, watching a horror movie. Um, okay. It just never really bothered me. I didn't have, I didn't fear, if that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, Drew is a warrior. He is such a warrior. And mm-hmm. literally, fear does not come into the picture for him. It doesn't matter what he sees. There, there just isn't any fear because he he always well, he was familiar with that in, in, in the dark realm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the, the shiftings. It's like he's not. He's he he's seen things that the few people have seen. So he, so a lot of this is already known to him. And secondly, with God, you're not afraid of the unknown. And that's I think the thing that a lot of people miss. You, you know, with God, you're not afraid of the unknown. It's it's nothing to worry about. And it's just it, it's going to be what it's going to be. You know, and you do what you can with it, but I think that makes a huge difference. But I'm wondering, Drew, do you do you become a different person, or do you? I mean, does does God infuse you with a, a a different or a stronger spirit when you're working on these deliverances? How do you change to do that? I'm just guessing you become a lot more animated, and there's a lot more to you that isn't coming out right now. And I think I feel like I'm missing something that that's pretty special, Drew. Um, I just use uh, my authority that Christ gives you. Um, you know, he says in the Bible, bring this from the devil and they shall flee. That's right. And the, yeah, the I would also like thing this. about Drew is that he doesn't, he doesn't overthink anything. If that's what the Bible says, that's what he acts on. And that's why when he commands something, it has to obey. It's hmm. like, God said it. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm um, very that, open I, to I love like, that part of you. I'm very open to the spiritual realm, like um, you know, whatever God says, it's like, all right, Lord, here I am. Use me in your glory. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I love that. Interesting. <laughs> <That's what laughs> I love that. Uh, between the two of us, Drew's more of the analyzer. I mean, you kind of noticed it because I'm usually like more of a talkative one. He's more of I'm going to hear it, think it, and um, so I think that. He's getting like a, you know into it now that we're talking about the other stuff. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would think you you probably discovered that like well the first day we fasted the demons out of the closet. Right. Well, you know that was you know an experience for me because it's like you know I've been with the dark realm for so long that when I've turned to the Lord um, with the first deliverance, it was like. She was like, you need to cast out demons. And I'm like, what? What is that? You know, like she said. And um, because, you know, being um, so used to, you know, messing with Ouija boards, so used to talking to spirits, um, just a whole occult type of stuff, you know, you just, it's a new learning process. Right. And, and just so we make something very clear, we do not suggest anybody mess with Ouija boards or Wicca or witchcraft or the occult in any way. Um, he's, he's saying that that's what he 
got into, and that's what he's been brought out of. But he's not saying that that's the way to, to get introduced to the spirit realm. That's a very dangerous thing to do. So we want to make sure that that's out there. So what's honestly, the best way to get introduced? I'm sorry, Drew, go ahead. Um, honestly, you know, with messing with, you know, witchcraft and, you know, Ouija boards and everything like that, like, I don't care what the um, board game says, but it's just a game. It's not a game. It's like, you know, your vice trying to turn into death. Or to be turned yes. into something. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's not the right way. So what, since you went from the dark to the light, and you had to learn the right way, the, the right way you would agree with learning about the spiritual realm through Christ. Yes. Because that, that way you're not <laughs> putting yourself at risk for more demonic activity and potentially dying from it. There's people who have died um, messing with witchcraft. Yes. Well, that's the and, idea. And that's that's like the, the enemy's out. idea, right? Is, is ultimately yes. to take life. Okay. Yes. Drew. That's exactly right. And, and can I make one yeah, more point before we go on? Sure. Um, I have heard so many people say, oh, but I don't do um, the, the black magic. I, I, I do white witchcraft. Well, I do Wicca. <laughs> uh, there is no such thing as white witchcraft. Okay? There like white is lies no such and... thing as being... <laughs> it's a lie. Yes, like white lies. <laughs> There's no such thing as being a good witch, okay? Um, it, those, those are deceptions of the enemy. So if you are operating under the deception that you are into Wicca because it's white witchcraft and it's, you're a good witch, you are deceived and you are on your way to hell. So I'm telling you, you don't want to do this. Um, turn yourself around. You know, tell God, I, whatever these gifts that I have, let me use it for the kingdom. If you really do want to do good, then join Jesus' team. I mean, that's just all there is to it. So I'm just going to throw that out there, and Drew, you can continue. <laughs> um, like, I'll tell you this. Like, ever since I turned to the Lord, there's no way I would want to go back. Amen. It's a true blessing once you find God. And, you know, your life is so much better. It's easier. Um, you know, obviously life is in a cakewalk, but to get through those trials and errors, you need God to be able to know how to perform and acknowledge the way he wants to be through his image. Amen. Hmm. And, and you, having been through, literally have, have seen hell and, 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 you know, seen the, the torture What does it look like? You, you know what like? you're talking about. Can we, can we put a visual to this? Um, what does hell look like? If, if, you know, I'm sure people want to know. Well, I can, can you oh, describe what, what you saw? Is that, is, is that too big a question? Um, the one um, where he, he – it was kind of a long story. I don't know if I'm going to get into it, Lindy. Well, where, not, not, uh, not the personal story, but if, if people – because people think of, oh, okay. of heaven and hell, they, they think they're not like real places, that they're just, you know, how can oh, you be heaven? Are, how can you be a hell? Let's, uh, let, we, we've talked about heaven. Let's talk about hell. What is hell? Because it is a literal place. Yeah, but that's that's what I that's the message I want to uh, get across and 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 talk yeah. about it so that people don't think it's just you know you know life is hell. Okay, well no, there's more to it yeah, than that. No. So what is hell? Yeah. Wendy, you want to start this? 
well, I'm, obviously it is a place where God is not. Um, there is nothing of God in hell at all. Drew, I know that you you could smell things, you could see things, um, you could feel things when you were there. Um, do you do you want to describe any of that? Oh uh, yes. Um, there was an experience that I had where I was literally my soul was dragged out of my body and taken to hell, and. I saw, you know, I'm, as I'm going through, um, it's definitely not a place you want to be. Um, I could see people, you know, all over the place crying and torture. And um, one person I went to down there, I asked, what are you in here for? And they're like, you know, I'm in here for murder. I'm in here for um, unforgiveness. Um, just, you know, most of them were like the seven most deadly sins. That's like a saying, but that's like a literal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The experience about what you felt, though, I think you should tell them that part of what they were doing to you when you were down there. Um, while I was down there, um, I was being tortured myself. Uh, I don't know if you know what a mace is. Oh yeah. The old yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the old the old school weapon, in other words. Yes. Yeah. Um, I okay. Well, be... for, for those who don't know what that is, you, you you can describe that because most people won't know what that is. It's like two large um, spike balls on a chain um, that's attached to a stick, and they would beat people with those. And yeah. while I was down there, um, I was being beat with one. It was on fire. I could feel every ounce of my flesh being ripped off and torn and regrow back. It would regrow back, and it would just be a repeating process. Yeah. That's, so that's part of hell is that you're, 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 you grow back and you're restored so you can be tortured again. And this is like an endless process, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Did yeah. you? It's, it's for did eternity. you? Are there any physical marks on your body after the experience? Was there any? Was there any um, mark of being in hell that was left with you? No. Interesting. No. Okay. Because it was his spirit that was, was down there. His soul was okay. there, not not his physical body. Okay. Um, but I know whenever I came back, um, I did not talk. Um, I was in tears. Um, the only thing that I um, remember saying is, my back, my back. And I glad, you know, on our couch, and, you know, my wife's trying to talk to me. We had other friends around, and they were trying to talk to me, and I just, what I experienced was peer out torture to the max that it was unspeakable. Yes. So when we have things on earth like the Holocaust and the millions have been killed by communism and the, you know, the, the evil of, of, uh, of the pharmaceutical industry and the COVID shots, things like that, that are spreading death around the world. Do you see this as, as hell on earth or, or, I mean, obviously it's not the same thing, but I'm just saying this is, this is the evil. This is where it comes from, right? This is the same, the same thing. I mean, obviously, those 
people um, got intentions from something. I mean, God, God is, you know, not any of that. So it, they got it from something. And I would say it's got to be demonic. There was some sort of demonic thought that was placed in the mind at some point. Okay. Through. You know, so like, I would say that, you know, people like Hitler would probably need a ridiculous amount of deliverance. But, you know, he, if he would refuse, which he obviously did, then it grew and grew and grew. And in his case, it ended up growing so large that it took so many people out, which is hatred or whatever. It also uh, didn't pride. Yeah, what the, was that, that prideful Who? thinking he's better than everybody. Hitler. Pride. Because you mentioned Not... where the evil grew. Okay. Well, let's, let's think of somebody a little more contemporary, a uh, person we call here Dr. Fascist, um, Anthony Fauci, who Fauci. to me is, who is evil incarnate, uh, who has no conscience, who has no soul, who can bring about mass uh, lockups and masks and, and, uh, and giving you know, babies injections where he knows what's in it, but nobody else does, setting these people up for horrible health problems their entire life. And no conscience and nothing. So, so that to me is evil. He is evil. And can you look at someone like that and, and, uh, and, and see demons within him? I guess this is from Marissa Andrew. Um, True. I didn't really um, look at a picture of him. And I can actually tell that he has nothing but pure intentions of evil all over him. Okay. How many demons yeah, are we talking about? What are we talking about with him? <laughs> How many demons are we talking are we... about? Legions, pretty much. Okay. All right. I had a feeling. <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> it just, it just seems yeah. to me, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and, so and this is this is an thing. This is, go ahead. Fauci is is a great example of someone who's been given over to a reprobate mind. He is past redemption. Um, he, God has given him chance after chance after chance after chance to repent. He has not. He has continued uh, and doubled down to do even more evil. So um, he's already you know, decided his own fate, and God is not going to intervene in that other than taking him out at some point. Okay. Yeah, you do get to a level if you keep going and going and going, you can have a reprobate mind, which basically means you're – like that you don't know how to repent. It's a, it's a state of heart. Uh, it's basically where um, entire darkness would engulf someone. Um, Tennessee Hagen actually wrote books on stuff about this. Um, he, he's not alive anymore, but he's a, a huge deliverance minister and healer, of, I think like the 80s and stuff like that, and talks about seeing that in the spirit where it starts with a black dot in the mind and it's fully We're trapped you in the heart before it engulfs. Yes, yes, get you you're to too far away from the phone. Yeah, you, you, the, the minute we lose, can you, you hear me now? The message goes with it. Yeah, but you yes. got to stay wherever you are right now. You got to gotcha. stay there. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. So, Doctor uh, Kenneth E. Hagen talked about in his books. He was a deliverance minister of the '80s, and he talked about how he saw in the spirit a black dot would start in the mind as a thought, and it would grow, and it would engulf the mind, and then it would travel to the heart. And once it got to a heart where it completely engulfed it in black, and this is what he was seeing in the spirit, it basically meant that someone was to that, that point of being a reprobate. They didn't know how to repent. They had literally um, gone against the Holy Spirit so many times over to where it engulfed their entire being. Yeah. yeah okay, they don't ever want to repent, period. They, they don't feel the need to. 
Let's take another contemporary figure, Joe Biden, who I'm, I'm absolutely convinced is illegally in the White House, who stole the White House uh, and is, is playing this game of, of being mentally deficient. And that's his excuse for doing evil and has, you know, single handedly destroying the country with all the, 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 the weakling gelding Republicans, as I call them, that are letting him. So what kind of evil do you see in him? Is, is he actually mentally declining or is this an act and is this is this part evil uh let's go to drew on this one what do you see in joe biden i believe it's both okay <laughs> which makes it worse like, i believe that you know they want control they use him as a puppet and he you know he literally does what they say so who's they who's pulling his strings Oh, that's probably stuff that only certain people know about, I'm assuming. We don't even know who they is. We just know that they're in Okay, staff. now you know what? Now you know yeah. what I want you to find out. Okay, I want to trace this all the way back to Satan, uh, <laughs> you know, himself. Yeah. Okay, so this is, I, want, I want the chain of command here. I want the chain of command from Joe Biden to Satan, okay? And I know it's going to go through Obama and then through uh, the, the yeah, World yeah. Economic Forum and the whole bit. I mean, it, but there's evil. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the world government oppression. I'm not doing the conspiracy stuff. I'm talking about real evil, genuine evil on this planet. There's, as, as uh, Wendy said, there's a hierarchy. And I think uh, what we can do is another day, but I want to know the hierarchy. I'm going to get into Drew's head for a while here and see what he knows. That he may not even know himself yet. Hierarchy. So you're asking him basically about, well, I mean, there's fallen angels and principalities and all that kind of stuff, and then the Nephilim spirit, which is the demons. Um, right. But I, when it comes to, like, the political stuff, yeah, they, it's the world. You know, it says the narrow path is the way, and the, and the okay. wide way is death, right, in the Bible. So if you think about it, the world is, is full of evil because it's being infiltrated by demonic activity 24-7, and most right. people don't find the narrow road. So that's why the world is the way it is, and it says in the end of times, which is what we're living in now, it would get worse dramatically. And we've been seeing that over and over and over again, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the government and everything. And, and so don't politics... prophecy with, with deliverance. Okay, being able yeah. to see into the spirit realm... Prophets right. do that too, but what, what's your your questions are really for a prophet. Well, my question is okay. Well, well, we'll do that another time. But I'm I'm just curious, like I say, the road because politics seems to me the most effective road for evil to triumph because that's where the power is. Well, okay. it's yeah. Because I mean, you, I would agree with that for the most part. Okay. Well, yeah. let's bring it back to – got about 20 minutes left. Let's bring it back to the individual level here of, of deliverance and, and what – you know, if you're a person out there that you've never thought about this, you're – you know, you, you've heard about a spirit world, you've heard about Satan, you've heard about hell, you've heard about heaven, but you're kind of like – you're not really sure which way to go. You go to church, you think you're doing the right thing. Um, how do you reach those folks? What, what's the message that we want to get out today? I mean – Personally, I, I just feel that, you know, I think we all know deep down somewhere, everybody has a different level, maybe, but okay. there's a wanting, like a, a emptiness, and it's like, why do I feel empty? Uh, you know, especially people who have everything they want. If they have, you know, the kids, the wife, a great house, great job, money, and then they still feel empty at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's because the only way you're going to fill that emptiness is if you have Jesus. That is literally the only way it's going to work. And me and Drew found that for ourselves that that is the only way. Because once that was filled, and then he took us through the process of healing and deliverance ourselves, and then helping other people, 
that's where that full joy and happiness comes in, where you don't feel empty. You're also not afraid of anything. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I find about Action Radio. I mean, you know, the, <laughs> Wendy knows my story, but, uh, um, I, you know, I, I don't have the, the, the big family, the riches, the house, the cars, and I'm really happy. <laughs> you know, I like a few toys, but, that's, but it's, not, it's not necessary. But I'm just as happy, you know, because I know I'm doing the right thing. And freedom is my cause, and it's just you know. So I think this this is part of the 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 world that people think they should have. You should have the wife or husband. You should have the house. You should have the right career. You should have a certain level of income. You should have the, the right amount of cars and send your kids to the right schools. And all that conditioning that in itself is evil, in a way, because it so restricts your life that uh, if you start with the basics with with God and then start building from there instead of building and then go to God, you know, it's kind of like people are doing it backwards. Right. Let's see. Well, you said that. That's funny because I did that too. Um, like with uh, Matthew. Like the tax, right. he was a taxpayer. Back to the phone. Money. And, Get closer again. Back, oh, back okay. to the phone. Sorry. We were you hear me reminding now? you. Yep, now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's because we have two earbuds in, so I have to be close to the one. And Drew's wearing it. So I have to be like right next to him. Um, so he's got but, one bud, you've got the other bud, and you guys are like ear to ear? I mean, yeah. hysterical. Okay. Yeah, because our We're gonna fix that for next, <laughs> We're going to fix that for next time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. Okay, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Your bud. But, no, like uh, Matthew, the taxpayer in the Bible, you know, he was rich, and then he took people's money, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, he had to give that up to follow Christ because it was basically an idol in his life. So anything hmm. that God sees as an idol in your life, he's probably going to ask you to give up something like that when you start following him. But the thing hmm. is, people are like, well, I'm not going to give up this. I worked this hard for it and all that. But <laughs> if you do give it up first for him, you better bet he will replace it with something ten times better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So to me, it's worth giving up because I did it, and it was worth it, and he agrees. Yeah. Okay. And the, the good thing is that we really don't have to worry about our basic provisions because God tells us in the book of Matthew, you know, don't worry, don't give thought to what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, that kind of stuff. Yet he says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are going to be added unto you. you. He knows you have need of these things. You don't have to ask him for these things for basic survival. He's going to make sure that you have this stuff. Um, just seek him because it, once it's in your um, heart that you know your needs are going to be met, that frees you up to not spend any time um, asking him or worrying about it. Just know it's going to come. He's going to provide that for you. So that frees you up to actually um, go after the things that he wants you to focus on because mm-hmm. you know, you, like your purpose and your assignment for the season, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And I know some people may be thinking in the back of their head, well, what's in it for me? And that's kind of a, you know, a worldly thinking. But I will say it comes down to the fact that literally, like, people are, like, questioning, well, what's the point, you know? It never Um, occurs to me. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. But, but most okay. people do, Greg, you know. So, oh, I know you know, they do. You, but, you weren't yeah. most people. So, so you really can't, you know, uh, a, a yeah. judge what other people are thinking or not thinking by, by how you operate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's true. And it's yeah. not that I don't want things, too. I mean, I, I want a jet. I want to fly upside down over Pensacola Beach really fast. 
you know, and I, I have, you know, no problem with that. But, but the thing is, that it, it's not my first concern. I am not doing this for me. Otherwise, it would be the Greg Penguin show. You know, it'd be like, listen to me. Right. I'm wonderful. It's, I'm not even in it. You know, I, you know this is action radio. Um, you know, and so the, I think oh. you're, but that, that makes a difference, though. I mean, God looks at that and goes, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he's on the right track. So everything you do means something. Mm-hmm. Well, everything either way. That, yeah. And, and scripture says that the world looks on the outside. You know, got, they just see what they see. God right. looks at the intent of the heart. So you can like say the right things and and sound like you're being spiritual or um and, or you know have good intentions and things like that, but mm. if it's really you know deception and that you have uh, a hidden agenda that you're going to pull out later once you get to the level of power that you think you need to do that, God mm-hmm. already sees that. Yeah. And yeah. You know, so don't expect him to bless, you know, that, that climb up the ladder, dude. It's not going to happen. It's going to be a struggle, and you may get there, but it's going to be misery every step of the way. Just just give in to God. Just, just follow Jesus and, and, you know, let him open the doors that no man can open and shut the doors no man can shut. It, it will just make life so much better for you, and you'll have peace, you know. You'll just yeah, have peace. Definitely. Can't buy that. that the thing about the, you know, what's in it for me question. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, it's like this. You can either live in the world and do what you want and go to hell, or you could have, like, a better life, a more fulfilling life, knowing you're going to heaven, knowing you're making a difference in the world, changing people's lives um, for just a small amount of change. Like, it's honestly not as big as what people make it, you know, sound. Like, they're like, oh, that means I have to give up, you know, a hundred different things. And it's the thing is when you come to Christ, he works with you and he works those things out in a process. They're not always overnight. And he knows where you're at. And it, over time, it becomes easy because your desires change. Your desires to know the Lord and want to serve the Lord and be of the Lord will change so that way you get closer to him. So those things will just naturally fall off. Like, you just will start putting things down. You're like, oh, I don't even want to do that anymore. I have no desire mm-hmm. to do that anymore. And when you get a deliverance, it makes it even better because now you don't have demons yes. in your mind talking to you and trying to control you to go the other direction. So that's, that's why it's honestly, I think it's one of the most biggest necessities to do a deliverance um, after you're a Christian so that way you can make sure that your thoughts are in your favor, that you're going to continue to go close to God and you don't have anything trying to drag you down. Can people cast off their own demons? Is there a way to do that? Um, it can be done. It's not suggested. Um, Why? If you're new. Okay, if you don't know what you're doing, I wouldn't do it by yourself new. Because if you are in the middle of manifesting and you have physical symptoms, it can cloud your judgment. And also, okay. if you have big demons, they're harder to handle on your own. Um, we, we honestly suggest that two people or more it can be done with one, or it can be done self-deliverance, but I only uh, suggest self-deliverance for people who have experience. Just so you know you don't miss anything, that kind of stuff. I agree with that. Hmm. It, you, you do not want to end up being one, one of the seven sons of Sceva. Um, and if you don't know that story, um, the seven sons of Sceva were watching the disciples cast demons out of people and healing people and all that kind of stuff. So they figured, oh, well, we know the name of Jesus. We can go ahead. We can do this, right, with a pride thing. We can do this. 
and they went uh, and tried to uh, deliver somebody on their own power, not knowing, number one, what they were doing, number two, what they were dealing with. The demon manifested in this person and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Hell did not know these these sons of Sceva. Hell did Hmm. not know them. And you know what happened to them? They, that one person and the demons inside of him beat the tar out of all seven and ripped their clothes off and let them run naked and beaten away. That can happen to you if, if you try to come against the demonic realm and do not know what you're doing, do not know the authority you have in Christ, and especially if you don't even know Jesus. So just using his mm-hmm. name ain't going to get you anywhere. You better know him. Makes sense. It's either Yahweh or the highway. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke. Uh, I love so, it. It's Yahweh or the highway. <laughs> I yep. love that. So Yahweh is another name for God in Hebrew. So yes. like people who's like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Belly. Sorry. My dog's doing that. <laughs> Well, we always, have people, right. we always have people trying to show, even if they're dogs. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. We have That's a very okay. protective dog. Have okay. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to actually, now that you mention it, uh, if Buddy reacts to certain things being said, although Buddy obviously doesn't speak English, but there's a, there's a spirit that I think is created when we do the show. And so it would not surprise me if your dog reacts differently at different times to uh, things we're talking about, probably reacting to you. But just, you know, like I say, there's a connection. You never know. Be interesting. Well, actually, let, let me tell you about Buddy because um, okay. when we got him, we rescued him out of a very, very abusive situation. He was being used as a bait dog in pit bull fighting. Oh. Um, and he was tore up. He was, uh, you just don't know. Anyway, so yeah. we rescued him out of that situation. Mm-hmm. And um, he did not trust men at all. Um, so he bonded with me first, but um, mm-hmm. when he uh, saw that Mike was not going to hurt him, um, mm-hmm. he started bonding with Mike. Um, mm. And we prayed over Buddy when we got him, and we prayed that he would um, have a spirit of uh, the, the ability to discern spirits. And dogs are very pure-hearted, and um, and they are very sensitive to the spirit realm. By the way. Mm-hmm. And so when he starts barking and stuff, we, we don't uh, punish him or anything like that. He's discerning something. And um, there were three people who came that we had uh, where we live. Um, they inspect the houses, you know, uh, twice a year. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be, you know, the time for inspection. Well, three people came in, into the house. And Buddy was fine with two of them, but he growled at the third one the entire huh. time he was here. Oh. Tackles were up on the back of his neck. I mean, Ooh. he was ready to pounce on that person the second we would give, you know, him permission. And um, and he did not stop growling until he left. So we know that two of those people were just fine. There was something in the spirit realm that Buddy did not trust, did not like, that was wrong in that person. Um, I mean, not just wrong, like, you know, he cheated on his taxes. I mean, like, wrong. Seriously um, wrong. That did the other not, two ask about you, that? You not trust that person. Did they uh, ask well, no, about because, that? You know, they, no, they okay, did I'm not. Curious. They were busy doing oh, yeah. their inspections. Um, but we knew 
and Buddy knew. And you can pray that over your animal. You can pray that they have discerning of spirits. And you can pray that for yourself as well. So um, I have many times uh, met somebody and they're, they're talking and there's, there's nothing wrong going wrong. You know, they're not doing anything wrong. They're not saying anything wrong, but there's just this beep, 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 beep in my spirit like this. There's something wrong here. Can't put my finger on it, but I know there's something wrong and it's bad wrong. So listen to your spirit because that's, that's another benefit of belonging to Christ that he will let you discern in the spirit realm if something is right or not. It doesn't matter what it looks like. That's what the scripture says. We do not walk by sight, right? He says we walk by faith, not by sight. So you need to be in touch with the spirit, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, through your spirit so you can operate mm-hmm. in the spirit realm and discern things that you know could harm you on down the road. Yeah. So just leaving that out. I, yeah. No, I no absolutely, yeah. Um, but we like to think for a minute. I mean, people think, library, you should be talking, Greg. No, no. We, we, we occasionally pause to actually think about the things that we're saying here. So it's, it's kind of important. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I think Drew wanted to, mm-hmm. if he could share um, something that uh, the most, um, well, Wendy already knows the story, but about the tragedy that actually was like a warning. Of before it happened, and it had to do with um, uh, people that he lost. I don't know if you can share if you can sum that up. Yeah. Um, the, the traumatic event um, that um, kind of got you into witchcraft. Well, I, I wasn't sure if Drew wanted to address that, but if he wants to, we are all about it. Drew? Yeah. Wherever you want to start on it. Well, okay. we do have well, a limited the, time, the, the, and I, I've got my next. I got my next guest. Robin is, is on the line already. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm not so, going to rush. The, but we're going to go on top of the hour, but just you know, just to let you know, I don't want to miss anything well, that you you want to get to. Just, Start yeah, summing up, let's maybe. Let's do a quick background. Um, this, okay. this is when um, Drew was still in um, into the occult, um, and he was um, had, had a, a lady friend um, as. A fiance, and they had a child. And so, Drew, I'll let you take it from there. So, in 2010, um, it was a very, probably one of my most traumatic events that had happened to me. Um, I was in a relationship, it was a counterfeit relationship, and, um, you know, I had a friend that was Christian. I was trying to look for the Lord trying to look for love, you know, in the right ways, but um, during the process that I was still, you know, dark, uh, me and that fiance, we were planning on having our wedding literally on Halloween. We were going to dedicate our daughter in the name of the devil. And she was seven months pregnant at this time. And um, I had a spiritual friend that I've been talking to because, you know, I was thinking about changing my life then. And he told me that um, he was very concerned. And he's like, I'm going to warn you right now. I have a word from the Lord that you need to know. And I'm like, okay, tell me. And he's like, you need to get out of that relationship because one of these three things is going to happen. If you don't go to if you don't turn your way, and the first one was he 
warned me that our relationship, because it was abusive, that it would get so bad where it could result in death mm-hmm. of one of us. Uh, the second one was divorce, and the third one was a car accident. Well, since I didn't listen to the Lord, the car accident ended up happening. I was in the car at the time that the accident occurred. The car mm-hmm. flipped seven times and ended up on its roof. And I was um, able to get out of the vehicle without, I had no scratch on me, nothing. There was nothing wrong with me. And all I could think about is running to the other side to get to my fiance at the time because, you know, of our seven-month-old baby. And while I'm sitting there holding her, they both ended up deceasing in my arms. Oh, I'm sorry. And so from there, it took a huge toll on me. I got deeper into witchcraft. Um, it had led to gang life. Um, after that, um, I just got to a point where I was like, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't have to live this way. And I finally was like tired of it and wanted a change because I was so tired of the tragedies. I was so tired of feeling oppressed and depressed. So I ended up crying out to the Lord one night and said, Lord, if you're real, show me. Because if not, this is my last day. I want to have a purpose with somebody. Show me that. Well, the very next day is... Uh, my friend was on the phone with, uh, who is now my wife, and um, I asked to hang out. And Yeah, from there, that was the story that I mentioned earlier about how we connected. But he didn't tell me until after we got married that that day when he prayed that prayer, he was telling the Lord that he was going to kill himself if God didn't do something right then. And well, that, that was the message I got. Prayer, yeah, I got that message yeah, real clearly. Yeah, within hours yeah. of that prayer, he, uh, he sent me, and I didn't know it until we were already married, because he didn't tell me uh, right away. Um, but just to clarify, too, he said seven months old, you mean two seven months pregnant. Yeah. yeah. So they both ended up having yeah. away in that accident, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But look how fast but, your you prayers know, you, are both answered. Uh, look how fast. See, people, you know, they, they don't, they don't, they, they doubt their prayer works, so they don't pray, but they don't realize the minute you do, you know, things can happen incredibly quickly. Once you open that door, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, God moves at record speed because it's, you know, on God time, not our time. <laughs> that was fast. But then you think, well, not really. It's because it was, it was planned all along. We just, he was just like waiting for you to, you know, pray and get, get things going. You know, uh, it, this is quite fascinating. Like, so we just got a couple of minutes. I want to sort of sum up here. This is, um, this has been unbelievable. It, it seems to me, because we've talked about this before when uh, we, we, I'm not the biblical scholar that, you know, and this is why I have Wendy here, but uh, some, the apostles were not eating, you know, virtuous life necessarily, but they had things that uh, God and Jesus could, uh, you know, put into practice. And it looks like your insight into hell, into uh, the, the demons, you know, it makes you the perfect person to fight them. You know, it's like, who, who, you know, who did the police employ to, uh, you know, as, as hackers, you know, or computer security, they employ hackers. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing, right? Because of these skills that you have and these gifts that you have, you know, now you're using them for the right things. And this actually makes perfect logic to me. So let's, let's, um, 
kind of sum, sum up a little bit? And first of all, thank you both. This has been incredible. And let's end uh, Wendy too. Uh, thank you. And uh, let's get some uh, final messages here, and then we'll get on to uh, Robin. Okay. Let's um, let's mention a, a few things. Uh, sure. Number one, if you feel that you need deliverance, um, and you would like to um, to get rid of the chaos in your life and and other things, and and maybe even bloodline things, um, you can contact Drew and Marissa. Um, they are under um, the deliverance ministry of Isaiah Saldivar. If you go to IsaiahSaldivar.com, um, you will see a map of people that are, are available to do deliverance, and Drew and Marissa are part of that team. So um, you can uh, contact them by email if you want to at deliverancenetworkcontact at gmail.com, or you can also um, contact Drew and Marissa uh, through Messenger on Facebook on one of their pages, which is um, Drew and Marissa DeKine is on YouTube. Uh, they on, on Facebook, there's Healing Reigns, and that's R-E-I-G-N-S Ministries, um, and also the, the Pro-Life and Pro-Family, uh, one that is listed as well. You can go to the Action Radio Oh My God page, and all of these links are already there, already there. So just go there, click on the link. Um, and contact them through Messenger on Facebook, or you can go to their YouTube channel, uh, subscribe, and hit the, the bell so you get notified. Um, so this is – it needs to be um, stated um, that it's, it's really important that you have uh, – when you're in deliverance, that you have somebody that you're accountable to. They are accountable um, to the Isaiah Saldivar ministry, um, which oversees the, the deliverance part. So – uh, feel free to contact them uh, through any of those things. And I know we're running into somebody else's time right now. Uh, there's also, uh, and I know it's going to be a okay. fabulous uh, part of the show. Yeah, I want to make sure we get to all the information. Um, in. And I can always let Robin run a few minutes over if she has time to. So we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Okay. Well, this is good well, stuff. Well, and as you know, I want to thank um, Marissa and Drew uh, for coming on here um, and for being so real and, and transparent. Um, and I know that you are, are open to um, helping people walk in freedom because that, that's what your ministry is about. Um, and I would like to thank all of our listeners today uh, for hanging with us in this special two-hour segment on Action Radio. Thank you, Greg, for uh, making that happen. And this is Wendy Arthur with the Oh My God Report on Action Radio. And I, as always, I will sign off with Bow Now, Avoid the Rush. There we go. And thank you both, and uh, Wendy and the Marissa and Drew, and uh, we shall uh, move on. Wow. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us on. God bless. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed.
Oh, boy. <laughs> this has been incredible. I'm going to bring Robin, uh, Robin Tow down right now. So needless to say, I'm already exhausted. <laughs> this is one of the most intense couple of hours I think we've ever had. Uh, Robin, you were able to listen to a little bit of that. Did you, uh, do you have any reactions uh, initially, or did you, did you know what we were talking about? Uh, it, was, it was quite a fascinating yeah. couple of hours. Anyway, yeah. I came in at the <laughs> very end. Can you guys hear me okay? Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're live. Well, it's just me now. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else is gone. Okay. They've done, they've done their bit. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like the host. I have to stick around. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I came in at the very end, and it's so powerful, the conversation, you know, um, and just hearing his story and, you know, what happened with him and his fiance. But, yeah, it, it's, it's powerful. Definitely God's timing is one thing I've learned not to question. <laughs> Things just happen the way they're supposed to. And, you know, oh, there's yeah. a sense of freedom in that, too. To just mm-hmm. let go and let God, right? That's what I say. Or as I say, you know, what is it? Let go and let God or, or really let go and just hang on <laughs> because things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> They're happening with the show. They're happening right. everywhere. So first of all, let me give you a round of applause for everything that you do. And so uh, another very intense topic. But as always, we always throw in a little bit of humor just because if you don't lighten up a bit, you go crazy. And so feel free to do so. But uh, if you can kind of reintroduce yourself to, to the folks here, uh, we used to have you on with a panel, but uh, I kind of want to talk to you on your own. So this is, this is going to work out really well. So what's your story? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. So I was, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's good to catch up. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017 and mm-hmm. I'm an actual three-time cancer survivor. So it was kind of like, I, I just wanted to get it over with as quickly and easily as possible. And, you know, at the time I, I trusted my doctors. I kind of went through quote unquote, the process of what breast cancer patients do, which is typically, you know, surgery, treatment, you know, uh, chemotherapy, but I declined all treatment and I chose just to do surgery and I had a double mastectomy and I had reconstruction with what they call tissue expanders and then silicone implants. Mm -hmm. And, the silicone implants literally poisoned me and made me so sick. And I, I didn't understand what was going on because most of the breast cancer patients that I knew or had talked to that were sick were sick from chemotherapy or, you know, the hormone blockers that they were on. And I wasn't doing any of that. I literally just had surgery. And I typically recover very well from surgery. You know, I've had health complications most of my life. So mm-hmm. um, it just, it wasn't sitting well with me. And I like what you're, previous guests just were talking about with discernment because you have to, you really have to go with your inner feelings and that gut feeling that something's not right. And I knew something wasn't right. I just didn't know. Right. Because I I Uh did do some research and I Googled our breast implant safe and nothing alarming came up. Remember this was back in 2017. Um, So finally I just, I met another breast cancer patient who told me that her implants had made her horribly sick and when I asked her, you know, sick how, and she started listing out all her symptoms, I could literally check every box. Yeah. And it was appalling to me that, you know, I'm a breast cancer patient, and they, they put something in my body that could make me this sick. I, I felt like I was dying. So um, after learning that, I had my implants removed after just having them for four months. And mm-hmm. I literally woke up from that surgery feeling completely normal again. Had my energy back. All my systemic symptoms went away, went away. I was having everything from migraines, headaches, rashes, heart palpitations, difficulty breathing, difficulty swallowing. My hair was falling out. My eyelashes were falling out. This is just in four months of having the implants. 
And it's worse than cancer. symptoms-wise, did it feel actually worse than the cancer? Oh, absolutely. When I had breast okay. cancer, I felt great. I could go out and walk yeah. five to seven miles or jump mm-hmm. on my bike and go 10 miles easy mm-hmm. when I had breast cancer. So mm-hmm. this was not normal for me at all. I mean, I couldn't even... I couldn't even walk around the block. I had tried to go out for a walk one day and had to call my husband to come pick me up because I just could not take another step. The fatigue was just horrible. Um, so when I figured it out that quickly and had them removed, you know, it's kind of a roller coaster of emotions because I was elated that I felt good and got my life back and my health back. And at the same time, I was really angry and frustrated that this happened mm-hmm. to me. And if this happened to me, how many other breast cancer patients is what's happening to. So, um, you know, I just, at that moment, decided to become an advocate for this and really started doing the research and digging into how did this even happen? Why wasn't I told? You know, I have a whole team of doctors managing my care. Not one single doctor told me this could happen. Isn't that interesting? So as I started, wait, 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 wait. isn't yeah. it like product safety and like with a vaccine, they have they have the warnings, the insert. Of course, it's all blank now with the COVID shots. Uh, I see a lot of similarities between breast implants and COVID. In that big pharma is the root of all this evil. But uh, did they show you? Were, did you see an insert? Did you get? Were you given the warnings? Was there uh, like the disclaimers they make? Uh, you know, on on uh, TV ads. You know, this product. Uh, although it's usually safe and effective, can kill you and make you suicidal and all that other stuff. And they say it in a quick voice and nobody really hears it. And they'll say, and you lose weight. Oh, okay, fine. And that's all people hear. So uh, what was right. the, did you get the inserts? Did you get the, did someone sit down and say, well, there's, there's good and bad to this, like everything else. You know, the, obviously these are rhetorical questions. I'm kind of setting it up here, but uh, tell me what they told you. No, I'm glad you brought this up because mm-hmm. this is a problem. And this that's is one of my the job. things that I'm fighting for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What I did get, okay, now, remember, it was 2017. I got some consent forms from my doctor that were dated Mm -hmm. 2012. That was the last time they had been updated. So they were already Mm. five years years, past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there were things on those forms that I did initial my, Mm -hmm. you know, my initials on, uh, things like CTDs, lupus, fibromyalgia, which, honestly, I had, besides having cancer, I had lived a very healthy life. I didn't really know what lupus and fibromyalgia and connective tissue diseases and Sjogren's syndrome were. So I was like, okay, whatever, you know, sign my initials like those everybody are else does. Those are, those are whole, I, exactly. I have friends with, you know, so let's talk about autoimmune. Explain exactly what mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease is and what it does to you. And, and, and just, yeah, fill us in on that. Yeah. Well, so what I ended up finding out is, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, breast implants are foreign objects put in the body. So mm-hmm. you're going to have a, a response. Your body is going to respond to them in a way where, you know, our body knows it's not natural and it tries to fight it. Um, and what does that look like? You know, it's different in every patient. That's what's interesting. And that's why this problem has gone on for as long okay. as it has, because the, the doctors on the other side of this who are, you know, kind of naysayers and say that we're crazy, we're making these symptoms up, it's because we don't have that a rule book, yeah. yeah, because we don't have a rule book, they are like, well, you can't prove that this is real because these three people got lupus from their breast implants, but these 10 people got fibromyalgia and these 10 people got Sjogren's syndrome. And since mm-hmm. it's all not the same, you know, you can't prove anything. That's kind, of, that's kind of the narrative. That's what the narrative has been for the last 30 years. And important to note that 
silicone breast implants were taken off the market for over a decade in the 90s. Why, why was that and when was that? Reason. Okay, so it seems to me, I, uh, I, I think I've heard about this, but let's, let's, let's get some details because this is interesting. Because yeah. the, the most interesting part of the story is why they were put back. So, so why were they taken off? And why would, how yep. do they get put back? That's a, I think big pharma. Something that I see this big flashing sign in my head, big pharma. But let's 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 start. That's why were they exactly taken off? That's exactly what the, it is. Okay, so why were they taken off the market? Let's, so let's tell the story. We got time. You know, 70s, anyway, I can always have you back yeah. too. So you know, <laughs> go ahead. So, tell me what happened. Oh yeah, there's, there's a long story. In the 70s oh, yeah. and 80s, you know, women breast implants were becoming popular, and women why? were starting to. What, I think what, what just, was the deal? You know. Cosmetic, surgery, society trends, you know, that's been like Vogue and Elle magazine. Uh, Yeah, it was mostly augmentation. Um, And then, of course, breast reconstruction for breast cancer patients. So, um, you know, they started gaining traction and becoming more popular. And, you know, I I really think the medical community kind of normalized it and made it seem like an easy procedure. But very shortly after they became well, like popular, a nose job, like becoming, a rite of passage kind of yeah. thing, or I mean, this is what it sounds like. I okay. guess. I mean, see, okay. I've never, I've never been into plastic surgery, so I, I don't really understand. I can't really wrap my brain around that body modification process, if you will. But okay. whatever makes people feel better about themselves, you know, I get well, it. Well, but, but that's. But that's an interesting psychology. Why do you feel better? Why do women feel better about themselves if they have, pardon the expression, bigger boobs? You know, and why do men think that that's going to somehow improve their life? And it, you know, what gives some guy the right to say that to a woman? You know, and this is another thing I right. understand. We should talk about talk about men too because they they play a part in this. But what is it um, that that this this somehow? It's, it's all psychological. Your life will be better if you have bigger boobs. Well, would my life be better mm-hmm. if I had, you know, um, I don't know, more hair? <laughs> I mean, listen, let's get absurd right. here. Would my life be better if I was six inches taller, if I was, you know, six seven instead of six one? You know, well, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? I mean, this could be anything. You know, if I could run faster, would my life improve? You know, I mean, it's all right. psychological. It's, it's all to sell the product. It's all normalizing yeah. things that people shouldn't have to worry about. God gives you a body. Exactly. And you know, exercise, work out, be happy with it, eat well, and, and don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, if you lose hair, take, you lose take hair. Take care of yourself, you know? Yeah, I'm going gray. I look fabulous. Yeah. You know, I mean, so what? <laughs> I'm 63. I should be. You know, but uh, I don't worry about For it. Sure. I'm my I hair. think society, is, society okay. has really done a number on both men and women in that aspect, you know, that you have okay. to look a certain way. And they, they spend a lot of money to mm-hmm. convince us, whether mm-hmm. it's pharmaceutical commercials or social media influencers, magazines, photo shoots, singers, actresses, they spend a lot of money using people as pawns mm-hmm. to control our thoughts on what we should look like, how we should feel about ourselves. Um, right. and, and that goes deep. Like that, that kind of corruption and, and psychological manipulation goes very deep, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, so the people, you know, they see, they see the movie stars and the actresses and, and the singers and the social media influencers doing this, and so they do it too. And, and then they don't realize because they weren't given proper informed consent that these things can happen. So right. in, the, in the 80s, all these women somehow found each other because this was long before social media. And um, over 400,000 women filed a class action lawsuit to sue Dow Corning for breast implants that were making these women sick. Why Dow Corning? Did and they have the silicone? This, did they, did they, they Dow Corning had the silicone implants. Okay. Yep. And they, right. they made those implants that everyone was getting sick from that mm-hmm. were approved, you know, by the FDA. And That's so, a chemical company. Dow Corning, they, uh-huh. they, they make, you know, industrial chemicals. 
Well, what is silicone? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about what, exactly what silicone well, is. I'm so glad you asked that too. We have so many we have so many tangents to go off of. <laughs> the okay, the actual time. ingredient, yeah. the ingredient that Dow Chemical was famous for is uh-huh. um, Dow Dow number three hundred and sixty. That's what they named it. And that that Dow three hundred and sixty chemical was actually created to kill cockroaches. I was just thinking okay. Agent Orange came to flash in my brain. I just, uh-huh. so, yeah, yeah. So, so, so silicone breast implant chemical is really cockroach poison. Oh, that's fast. I bet you that's not on the, uh, on the, on the insert. But, uh, no. And now, I mean, right. I mean, just say that. And uh, now Dow Corning, breast implants, you know, warning signs. Well, it is cockroach poison. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's breaking news. This is fascinating. Yeah. How'd you find that yeah. out? Yeah, this is interesting. Um, my okay. friend Gail Hamilton, she actually wrote a book about it. Uh, she has okay. those implants. And we'll bring on the show. Uh, and... Bring on the show in a couple of weeks. We need you back. <laughs> We're oh, just getting started. She's again. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she wrote a book, and her mm-hmm. book is about when when all this went down in the '90s with Dow Corning. What happened was the FDA found out about this and mm-hmm. realized that women were getting sick, and they they decided to do an investigation. And the FDA kind of went to Dow Corning's headquarters and started to raid their offices, I mean, in, in, a, in a mild way. The and said, we need you to release all these. Yeah. They we were actually to, we good need to back release. then. They did, yeah. Yeah, they huh. changed a lot over the last 30 years. But back then, they, they went to Dow Corning and said, we need all of these documents. We need your safety studies. We need everything. Mm-hmm. And they gave them, I don't know how long to do it. I have to go back to Gail's book to give you the exact time. But what Dow Corning did when that happened mm-hmm. is – they hired what they called the DIRT Committee. And DIRT <laughs> stands for, oh, this gets good, Document Investigative Review Team. And they have ships of people working three ships, 24 hours a day, shredding and destroying evidence before the FDA could get their I hands on it. I was just thinking. I mean, that's such a great euphemism, Document Review. Yeah, they're reviewing it right into the, no, into the shredder. No, they <laughs> named it that. They, Dow Corning actually named it that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, but so what, they what, hired this committee, named it the dirt committee to hide all their dirt. Oh, I love it. And what happened was back then we had some good human beings that actually had a soul and um, they would come across like a memo that was important. And instead of shredding it, they held on to it and they were whistleblowers and they turned this in to the God FDA. God bless those people. FDA, yes. Seriously. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, because I don't know where those people are nowadays. They must be getting paid way more than these dirt committee people because everyone just is very tight-lipped about what's going on now with breast implants. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, too. So anyway, how long the industry? short. The, how, how much money are we talking about in the breast implant industry? How many billions? Oh, billions. What, billions multi-billion dollar a year worldwide? Sur- yeah. Plastic okay. surgery industry, I believe, is like $23 billion in the U.S., and I don't know, forty-seven billion worldwide. Yeah, it's insane the, the amount of money. So, huh. um, so this this whole scandal in the '90s, it went through. There were class action lawsuits. The women won. Dow Corning was awarded, you know, to pay these women four point three billion dollars, and then they filed bankruptcy, and half the people didn't even get to see their money. I know women that got checks for like three hundred dollars, which is just a slap in the face for what they've been through. Oh yeah. Um, so 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 then for the next decade, actually mm-hmm. 12, 12 years, the silicone implants were taken off the market, and 
here's and we all survived. They were. How did that happen? I mean, people, <laughs> life went on. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Okay. Just part of these little things along the way. They, yeah. Yeah. They did allow them to be used in breast cancer patients, unfortunately, um, because okay. we are the most vulnerable population as far as having complications with these devices. But they felt that the breast cancer community needed options for reconstruction. So they allowed them to be used for breast cancer patients. And the Mm -hmm. only other patients that could get silicone implants had to be part of a clinical trial. Those are the only women for over a decade that got silicone. And not not accident victims or or things like that, like car accident victims or mm -mm. just just cancer? It would have to be a really... Yeah, it would have to be a really bad accident that they would deem it necessary to have silicone because saline implants were available and they were considered okay. a safer option. So, so what's the difference? Let's let's talk about that so people know saline versus silicone. Yeah. So to be clear, every every breast implant on the market is contained in a silicone shell, but what's inside the shell can either be saline fluid, which is the same saline that you know if you've ever had an IV. Um, if you've gotten dehydrated or, you know, sick or had surgery, they put an IV in you and they run fluid through you. It's the same stuff, just, just right. saline. It's just sterilized water. Um, and then there's silicone gel, which is the Dow, you know, type 360 chemical along the with 42 other chemicals. Yeah. Right. And okay. so those are the two different types of implants. And then there's two different surface textures of implants. There's a smooth surface, which is very... Um, it's smooth like glass, and okay. then there's a textured surface that has almost like a sandpaper finish. So oh. those are the two options of, of the surface. And they created those textured implants because they felt it would help keep the implants in place. Because what was happening is sometimes... Yeah, yeah, that, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because if uh. they're really smooth and slippery, you know, like a marble, right. they could roll around in the chest, and then you have a boob in your armpit, you know, and that's not attractive. So, so someone came up with the idea to put this texturization surface on the implant so that it sticks to your chest like Velcro. Surprised it didn't crazy glue and them. And then they don't move. Don't know how doctors operate. So, so anyway, that's kind of a little history on, you know, what's been going on in the implant industry. But during that, what we call the moratorium, when silicone uh-huh. was banned, you know, for uh-huh. over a decade, the implant manufacturers worked diligently to try and find a safer alternative, and they were literally harassing the FDA. I mean, there's, there's FDA employees that admit that these companies were ruthless as far as trying to get them back on the market. And they had hmm. multiple meetings um, back in the pivotal years were 2000, 2003, and 2005. They kept having meetings trying to get these put back on the market. Right. Well, unfortunately, in 2005, the FDA panel that heard all of the information and reviewed all the studies, decided they would allow silicone to be put back on the market under very strict conditions. They had to follow over 42,000 patients for 10 years. And then they, so that was, they were given pre-market approval. So we'll get, we'll let you sell and, and market your implants, but in order to get them FDA approved, you have to complete this 10-year safety study with 42,000 women. Mm-hmm. None of the companies did that. Not one. And they're never held accountable. They ne- none of them. Obviously. They were never held accountable. They never followed the full amount of patients. I mean, some of them did complete a 10-year study, but they dropped from like 42,000 patients to 6,000. Um, and I've talked to women who were in those studies. I've talked to women 
who, you know, were paid $100 to take a survey every year. How are you doing with your implants? Do they look good? Do they stay in place? Are they sagging? Um, and then as soon as, have you had any changes in your health? Uh, yes, I have migraines weekly. All of a sudden, they were dropped from the study. Oh, I've been diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases, dropped from the study. Thank you for your participation. We no longer need you. Of course not, because the, so, they don't, they're not getting the results. So autoimmune is auto meaning self, and immune means immune system. It's like your body turns on itself. It considers your own body uh, to be something that needs to be, um, I guess, rejected. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. Is that too simplistic, mm-hmm. or is that about right? Yeah, that's about right. I mean, a okay. lot of the different diseases are more intricate than that, but yeah, overall, if you have an autoimmune disease, something's going on in your body where it's attacking itself. And okay. it could be blood, you know, like a blood disease. It could be your tissues, your muscles. It could be your hair, um, mm-hmm. you know, so many different things. The way, and these are natural. And, and what's interesting is... No, they're not naturally not occurring, natural. right? This, these are all because of other things being introduced into your body. We are not born with a self-destructive immune system, right? I mean, some people are. I think it's okay. rare. But God, the way God designed our bodies to fight off natural things like bacteria and infections and viruses. And, you know, totally. we weren't meant to have any of these things in our body. So when they do go right. in our body, our body obviously is going to have a reaction. Okay. So... Unfortunately, in 2005, you know, the FDA allowed these things back on the market, thinking the manufacturers would do the right thing and, and follow the directions that they were told to do. <laughs> Sorry. But then the FDA never, never held them accountable for it. Okay. And truly, I believe that's where things took a really bad turn with the FDA. Okay. Because I can, I can go back and, and find cases where I feel like the FDA was trying to do a good job in protecting us. Mm-hmm. But... I can't find any cases since the 1990s, early 2000s, where I well, feel when, like they've been protected. When did the FDA start, or when did the, the, the Dow and other companies start hiring former FDA people? Because the biggest problem now, uh, especially with COVID, is that uh, even the, the former head of uh, HHS uh, now works for Pfizer. And that should never be allowed. Mm-hmm. You should never be able to, uh, never, I mean, a lifetime ban on working for any, any industry that you regulate it. No, sense. Yeah. But is that part of the story that so many people from government ended up working for these companies, lobbying their former uh, colleagues back in government? Absolutely. And I, I think that's okay. what happened after Dow Corning is, and there may be other cases too. I know Boston Scientific's been sued, Johnson & Johnson's been sued, but they, they realized that strategically they could place their people in positions of power to further their agenda. And how do you do that? It's a revolving door. FDA goes to Pfizer. You know, the former former FDA commissioner, Scott Gottlieb, he's on the board of director for Pfizer now, right before yep. COVID happened. Um, yep. So, you know, that should be not allowed. It's absolutely criminal, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's criminal. Yeah. And it goes both ways. You know, the people from Pfizer will go work for the FDA. Well, that's interesting. So, I don't know if cases. And, yeah, it's uh, well, this, and the FDA. Well, in this, I know the FDA gets uh, over half their money from Pfizer and, and the other pharmaceutical companies uh, who pay, you know, fees for for safety checks and things like that. But if they're paying for the results and of device the test, companies they, they, as well. Yep. Say that again. And device companies as well. They, they device take money for their user fees, and that. So, so when you're when you're earning millions of dollars from these companies. You know, I, I feel like there's kind of a quid pro quo. 
Mm-hmm. Are you expected to vote a certain way on a product? Are you expected to look the other way mm-hmm. on a few cases of cancer or a few deaths? You know, it's just a few. I've actually had two FDA employees who compared the women that are getting cancer and dying from breast implants to um, one of them. I, I ran into her at a, at a medical conference in Boston, mm-hmm. and we were at the American Society of Plastic Surgeons annual conference. And the FDA had just announced this horrible cancer that's associated with breast implants, and it's highly aggressive. There is no treatment for this cancer. 50% of patients are dead within six months of getting this cancer. Um, wow. So it's very intense. And I was having a conversation with her about it and just kind of, you know, reiterating my thoughts on how tragic this is and, and just how sad that we take this risk. And she said to me, Robin, I took a risk when I came to this meeting and got on an airplane and flew here. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> how dare you <laughs> what is compare this oh my God. <laughs> your flight yeah. to this conference yeah. to my friend who got cancer and is going to die. And oh we God. all take these risks, right? But you right. took a risk knowing. You took a risk knowing that when you got on that airplane, the FAA has insane safety checks, and the two pilots that are sitting in that cockpit have to check every button, every, every light, every fuse, every, everything on that plane before it takes off. So your chances mm-hmm. of crashing in that plane are very slim. Yeah, you, we all take a risk, right, when we get in our, our car to drive to work, breathing. when we get in the airplane. I mean, uh, life is a risk, exactly. and, and ultimately we don't survive it, but that's not the point. The point is that you want yeah. to – but the idea that they're comparing this um, – at some point, I don't know if, you, if you've delved into COVID, but I, was, I used to teach flying, so I have a flight instructor certificate, so I know a little bit about the aviation world, but there's a lot of COVID shots out there, and I see incredible parallels, again, between COVID uh, and the, the same big pharma influence there, but you've got only 20% of the pilots refused COVID shots, so you've got 80% of the pilots yeah. out there, potentially, um, yeah. especially because they're in a, a reduced oxygen environment uh, and blood clots and everything yeah. else of uh, stroking out right in the middle of the flight. So, you know, yep. that's, that's a whole other thing. So when they talk about taking, I don't even think this person even thought about that. Of course, this might have been a different time. But, uh, this is how, but I think that really illustrates how these people think, that there's a brainwashing. There's, yeah. a, there's a self-delusion that goes on. It says it's okay to sell a product that makes us money uh, or makes them money so they can get their house and their car and their, you know, the kids in the harbor and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and people die. But, you know, it's, well, everything's risky. You know, it's just, uh, getting up is yeah. risky. So they rationalize. They rationalize and dilute. And you can't, yeah. you know, when people are that psychologically warped, you can't reach them mm-hmm. on a, a psychological, you might reach them on an emotional, but quite frankly, what you really need to reach is everybody else, the general public. Yeah. And tell people how right. deluded these people really are. And so this is it's right. like what I do with Action Radio. Uh, people say, well, how many bills have you got passed? Well, none. Uh, how many bills have you sent to Congress? Well, none. I said, well, there you go. You know, it's, it, we mm-hmm. go to the people first. I educate the people. In fact, we have mm-hmm. a breast implant bill, you know. And so if you, once you convince enough people of a certain situation, then they can go to government. Government's the last place you go. Um, but it, but the, yeah. it, there is a delusionment. There is a psychological warping. It's like people that made, you know, the gas that killed the Jews in the Holocaust. If I can use an extreme example. Mm-hmm. They went to work. They probably had families. They took a lunch break. You know, they made Zyklon B, and then they went home. How do you do that, yeah. <laughs> knowing what that product does? In the same way, there are people that's that exactly chemical. how I feel. Go ahead. Tell me. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt when she said that to me. And this was a woman, too. And, and I, I was gobsmacked. I, was, I literally was like, wow, she doesn't get it. She has no clue. She has not 
seen or met these women. And she, actually, she has. We were in a meeting, an FDA meeting, on 2018. It was my first FDA testimony. And there were 20 of us patients that went. Five of them How was that experience? Um, had developed. It was, it, was very, um, it was very pivotal in my advocacy work. You know, it was, it was my first big thing. And mm-hmm. it, it was very empowering because it made me feel like, okay, we can do this. We, we just have to get to the right people. And we mm-hmm. were in this meeting. There were about 20 of us patients. Five of them had developed cancer from their breast implants. And then there were probably 15, maybe 20 FDA people. And is we all got Congress? three minutes to is it, This is congressional uh, hearing? It was before an FDA. It was an FDA panel, the Center for the panel. CDRH. They control medical device regulations. Okay. And it was super interesting because the last woman who spoke was one of mm-hmm. the cancer patients, and she was actually in active full-blown chemo at the time, so she had no hair. She was wearing a headscarf. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had three minutes to speak, so that's not very long to share your testimony. And no, I know. That's why we do an hour she, minimum. <laughs> right? She, she rips off her headscarf, throws it on the table. She points to her bald head, and she says, my breast implants did this to me. Wow. And, like, yeah. the air was sucked out of the room, Greg. Mm. It was intense. No, but that's what you need. You could hear a pin drop. Yeah. <laughs> and, you you and can't I, hold back yeah. because they don't get it. So when you do something no. like that, that's not being dramatic. That's being truthful. And there's a big difference. Absolutely. And so that, that's exactly yep. what's needed. You have to reach these people. You have to shock them. You have to um, be as dramatic as possible. And, and she wasn't exaggerating. She was just telling the truth. But the truth is, is and that's, by itself, that was plenty. so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So after she did that, interestingly enough, the same <laughs> woman who told me she, she risked her life by getting on an airplane that morning it was her. I remember writing down her name and the mm-hmm. next words that came out of her mouth. And the words that came out of her mouth were, we hear you loud and clear. And I was like, okay. Finally got to people who are listening and can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg, that was back in September of 2018. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> here we are today. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Talking about this. So you but forgot that there's, there's two parts I, to that. We hear you. The second part is we don't care. We're not going to change who we are. That's the problem. Absolutely. Hearing you is, is, listen, I've been in politics. Yeah, I've been studying politics since I was about 10 years old. And I know how mm-hmm. these people think. I mean, I interned in Washington. I've talked to them. I've met them. You know, I watch them operate. I watch them in the restaurants. I watch them on the golf courses. I mean, I watch them. Uh, you know, I rode the subway under the Capitol. I know their little private conversations. I rode in the elevators with these people. I know exactly how they think. It's, all, it's uh, mm-hmm. like in the previous hour. What's in it for me? What do I have to do to exactly. get reelected? Or what, you know, if you're in government, you know, how soon is my retirement? When can I go on vacation? You know, how yeah. do I support yep. my fellow people? It's a, I, I wrote an article that you might be interested in. It's called The Nation of Government, where government becomes its oh, own country. Let me write that down. Yeah, it's in my Substack, greggingloss.substack.com. Yeah, so it's uh, The Nation okay. of Government. And what it describes is as, as government as its own country. And these people, wow. and the, the, Washington functions like a country. They, have, they don't have passports. They have credentials. Uh, their their mm-hmm. entrance is working in government. If you're a government employee, that's your citizenship. So your working in the government becomes your citizenship. Your credential becomes your passport. And anybody that's not a citizen of government that doesn't have a credential passport uh, doesn't count. 
and the, and the 50 states become colonies. We're here to basically provide the resources for the nation of government to operate, much like the colonies supported England, you know, in the 1700s before we had our revolution. Right. Uh, it's a, it's a, but when you, when you read that, you'll see, you'll see how these people actually think. They are on a different planet. Mm-hmm. They're in a different world. They have a higher calling. They can they really tell us what are. to do because they're smarter than we are. You know, they can go, they, they, they have their counterparts in other countries. So this is why when Milley um, talked about, General Milley um, talked about his counterpart in China and how he told his Chinese counterpart, you know, if Trump was ever going to do anything to China, he'd let him know because he had more in common with his general Chinese counterpart. That's who he trusted. Those are his people, not Americans, not, not the citizens. And the government, same way. All, all, if someone told me that there's a, a doctor fascist in every country. You know what I'm talking about, right, Fauci? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fauci, yeah. We, call him, we call him Dr. Fascist, the genocidal, psychopathic, <laughs> avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. That's his full title, but just in case you needed it. Um, that is but awesome. He has kind of, can you say it again? <laughs> yeah, get the podcast, folks. Okay, let me see if I can do this right. Genocidal, <laughs> psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. Whew, Love I it. it. Yeah, Dr. Fascist. So just call him Dr. Fascist. Everybody knows who you're talking about. But but there's a I Dr. Know. Fascist in every country. And this is how they reinforce all this kind of stuff. And they all believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. They know what's best. And I guarantee you, Dr. Fascist has never had a COVID shot. There's no way. Yeah. Have you noticed right. that nobody... All right, here's, here's a question for you. Uh, so here's how I can relate these two. Who in government has suffered uh, ill effects from the COVID shot? I can't think of any. How about that? Nobody in Congress, no bureaucrat, no government official, nobody in government has suffered uh, from the COVID shot. <clears throat> How many government officials have suffered um, from breast implants? Actually, we've met a few, which is interesting. Ah, so, okay, tell yeah, me. and and it's interesting because when you meet someone mm-hmm. that has breast implants, um, mm-hmm. and a, the couple that we have met have been breast cancer survivors. It's a very interesting dynamic because it can go one of two ways. They're mm-hmm. either enlightened and want to know more or they put the blinders on and they don't want to know. And no, thank you. I'm not interested in sponsoring this bill. It's not interesting. interesting. Even though they have, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the, the Stockholm uh-huh. syndrome where they, they love their captors. They love their prisoners, yeah. the prisoners of yeah. mentally, the yeah. prisoners of the system. So they perpetuate it. Oh yeah. There's so much psycholo- yeah. psychology. This is mostly a psychological battle. Oh, um, okay, let absolutely. Me ask- yeah, yeah, go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. Give me some observations. What do you think? So, you know, it, it, you, I think we really just have to pitch things to the right people. And where I have had the biggest challenge is mm-hmm. with the federal government. You know, I was able to get a state law passed here in Arizona, um, breast implant informed consent, where mm-hmm. basically, you know, I, I – sat and wrote down all the things that I wish I knew before getting breast implants that I wish my doctors told me in full detail. And I, I created a patient decision checklist. And then I passed a law that requires every surgeon to give patients this checklist and sign off on it, both the patient and the doctor. And if they don't, you know, they could risk losing their medical license. So fabulous. And it was interesting when I started working on this legislation because I was laughed at and mocked. Like, oh, I know that feeling. You'll, you'll never be able to do that. <laughs> I get that all the time. And <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I was kicked down for about three seconds. And then I was like, I got back up. I brushed myself off and I thought, yeah. well, I'm going to do Once you know you're right, you know you're right. And I did. You just keep going. You know, yeah. just, you know let's ignore those people. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. So I should see your bill. So, uh, why isn't that a model for the whole country? I mean, how do we get this nationwide? Mm, well, here's mm. why. So a- after I passed my bill in Arizona, which they never mm. thought I'd do, then mm-hmm. I was on their radar. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, she really did this. That's not good for business, mm. right? Yeah. We don't want patients to know that information because that's not going to be good for business. <clears throat> well, what's interesting is I rallied my troops and I found teams in several other states, yours being one of them, where I got groups of women together and said, let's take my beautiful Arizona law and I tied it. Tie it up in a nice little package, put a red bow on it, and I said, let's take this to other states. Let's get my boots on the ground ladies in these states and go to their state Mm -hmm. capital, and we'll do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that in six other states. And when the plastic surgery community got wind of it, they tried to stop it. They've stopped it in every state I've been in. Hmm. I have some people I'm going to connect you with. Yeah, I'm going to connect you with some folks after the show that are that are that are fellow advocates. It's interesting that so many women are doing the activism. Uh, I, I don't think it's an accident that you know three quarters of the reporters to my show are women. It's just I don't always have them guys. They're not, and I didn't plan it. I, I mean, I just take people that are interested. <laughs> you know, I'm not a, yeah. I, I don't say, well, I have my quota here. I have to have so many men and women. No, it just worked out that way. But uh, you know, as I said, the Republicans, the only the only uh, women are the only men in the Republican Party right now. Because the rest of them are, are geldings. Well, it's, it's interesting to me, too, because women, uh-huh. listen, there's a, there's a saying, and there's a saying for a reason. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Uh-huh. And yep. I think these women are fired up about, uh-huh. I mean, for me, it was about my yeah. breast cancer sisters. And other women, like this is an assault on women. Um, uh-huh. Women are mad about the children, the things that are going on with our children in the country right now. And women get pissed off because women are mothers. You know, we are sisters. We are caregivers. And Yeah, but men are fathers. We're and men used type. to be leaders. And men, you know, would risk their lives in combat. And men would, you know, they used to be the crusaders. You know, men have crusaded ever since men have been men until they were toxically masculine. So I think part of the problem is well, we've, we've taken a couple Well, I was just going to say, if a man... Yeah, go ahead. Tell if me. a man is like that nowadays, they're they're chastised for it. You know, if you're if you're a masculine man right now in the United States of America, you're toxic. Oh yeah, I'm a masculine so man. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but that's the narrative. A little nerdy, the, but oh, you ma- know. male to- yeah. masculine toxicity. That's what all you know yep. the the narrative is out there. And so maybe maybe you don't have as many men because they're afraid of getting labeled by that. You know. That's a good um, point. It's really so sad encourage that the guys. we demasculated males. En- yeah. Encourage the yeah. guys to join we you. We do, too. Well, just, I actually, I had a guy okay. post yesterday huh. about breast implant illness, and he's got like 160,000 followers on Instagram. So hmm. um, that's really what it's about, is reaching a new audience and just kind of yeah. getting the word out there. Because I, I will say this about men. They are devastated when they find out what these breast implants are doing to their women, to their wives, yeah. their girlfriend, their fiance, their daughter. Absolutely. I mean... So we got to get to the men. I'm actually um, participating in a charity golf tournament next month in LA. And I love this platform. It's the second year that they've done it. Um, my uh-huh. friend Ashley Tenner was very affected by her breast implants. And, you know, she explanted, she had her implants removed last year. She's getting her life and her health back and she uh-huh. wants to make a difference. So she started a charity foundation. Um, we did the golf tournament last year. We're doing it again next month. 
Um, if you have any golfers that are listening, go sign up. Um, you can go to my Instagram, and um, it's no yeah, send me the double bogeys golf foundation. I post it. And I have a friend who golfs. Yeah, I, she I, might I, be interested. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yep. Yeah, and I love this platform because a lot of the the people that showed up last year were men, and I'm thinking this is this is it. Like we've got to get to the men too. Like the women are starting to really hear about it more, but the men need to hear about it as well. Well, you need to make a, a men's issue too, because men have, you know, mothers, sisters, daughters, wives, girlfriends, you know, I mean, we're all connected. And so I think yeah. uh, you, you will greatly increase. This is not a woman's issue. It's not. You know, this, this is a human it's, issue. It's this a is family a, this, issue. Is it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, speak, let me ask you, here's the nasty question I've sort of been thinking about. Um, the whole trans movement. Uh, is is Dow Corning and other breast implant companies pushing funding or in any way trying to influence people to, uh, you know, they say allegedly change genders, but have elective surgery with breast implants? Who, are they behind this I love or part of it? Question. You're, you're huh? just awesome. You're so on point. Well, thank today. you. I have so, my moments. <laughs> which is, well, Dow Corning is no more. They, they went under. So Dow Corning... Okay. Um, doesn't exist anymore. Unfortunately, there's still some women out there that have their implants in their body. I, right. I shudder to think what they look like because some of these women are having surgery and it's just a mess inside of their chest, just goopy clots oh. of silicone and very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. And, you know, silicone migration in the body is very dangerous. It can migrate into nearby tissues and lymph nodes and your organs. We had a woman in, leak? The, in Europe. They leak, right? What's that? They leak. Yeah, they leak. They break yep. down. They okay. leak. They, they have something called gel bleed, so they all kind of start diffusing the chemicals immediately once they're placed in the body. But, you know, then you could have a rupture where they actually are leaking everywhere, you know, from a car accident or just de- degradation over time. And we had a woman in Europe who was so convinced her ruptured breast implants were causing health problems. And she went to all these different doctors and they're like, no, 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 it's not from your breast implants. She knew she was dying and she actually donated her body to science. And she, she told the doctor, she said, please cut me open, cut everything open. I know there is silicone everywhere in my body. And they found silicone in her brain, her lungs, her liver, her kidneys, her spleen, muscles, nearby, like her lymph nodes. It was everywhere. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. It literally killed her. And another interesting point is in 2017, the FDA banned injectable silicone because people used to inject it in their lips and their butt and their boobs. Oh yeah. Body Interesting. Fit, right? What do they do now? They said, that, well, they use those Juvederm fillers and all those other hydrolytic acid, you know, products, which is all just same thing, chemicals. But okay. it's interesting, banned injectable silicone and, and it even states on their FDA announcement that it can cause severe harm and even death. But the FDA thinks it's okay to have breast implants in your body because when the breast implants rupture, you're just, it's the same as having injectable silicone. Why is that okay? Because big pharma or big, uh, big device. What do you you call the companies that make breast implants? And we've got big pharma for chemicals and drugs and things. I still uh, call it pharma because Allergan makes all the drugs. That's a drug company. That's who makes the breast. The two biggest, the two biggest makers of breast implants in the United States are Allergan and Mentor. Allergan is Allergan Ab Z, and Mentor mm-hmm. is Johnson and Johnson. 
So that is big oh. pharma right there. COVID shots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's get back to the, yeah. the, the and we actually have a trans reporter, you know, a progressive socialist person. Uh, I'm not going to involve them in this, you know, unless, well, anyway, I'll figure out how to do this. But let's talk about this because this is a political agenda. And the other nasty question is the the, the person that, uh, the, the trans murderers, there's some violence is coming out, like the Nashville person that shot up the school uh, with the manifesto that we don't know. Are these chemicals from breast implants changing personalities? And are they creating the same violence that like Ritalin? and the antidepressants and things like that do? Is there a connection there? I believe there's a connection. I know that there's a lot of neurologists that are doing, you know, some studies on this. Um, I would say, honestly, so I've been, I've been in this space for over six years now, and most mm-hmm. of the women who I talk to who have had, you know, adverse effects from these breast implants, the psychological things that they're mostly dealing with, um, not really violence, but uh, there's a lot of what we call brain fog. And such severe brain fog, I'm talking, I was listening to a woman's story last night on an Instagram Live. I, she's like, I would drive to the grocery store, the same grocery store I've been driving to for 20 years, and I had to pull over because I had no idea where I was going. I forgot how to hmm. get there. Interesting. I'm like severe brain fog. And so I know some women who literally have gone to the neurologist thinking they have early onset Alzheimer's at 35 years old. Wow. You know, because they literally couldn't remember their own name. They couldn't remember their husband's name. They'd walk to the kitchen and not know, you know, it, it, just crazy stuff like that. Um, and then also a lot of depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. And for me personally, remember, I only had my implants in for four months. And I've been through quite a lot in my life. Like I've had cancer three times and, you know, I, I just, I'm just a pretty tough, right? resilient before implants, yeah. Okay. Um, but when I had yeah, you're implants, tough. I, yeah, definitely. I had this, yeah, I've never done this before, but I was 44 years old, and I've never had anxiety, depression, anything in my life, ever. Mm-hmm. Even through cancer and stuff, I've just been a rock, right? Rock solid. Right. But with the implants, I had this overwhelming sense of panic. That's the only way I can describe it. And, okay. and I don't know because I had never had these problems before ever in my life. But mm-hmm. when I say panic, I mean, like, my kids would leave for school in the morning. And they, their school is a mile and a half down the road. And they would leave for school. And if I heard a siren five minutes later, I would freak out and text my kids and be like, are you okay? Because I'm like, oh, my gosh, they got in a crack. Like, just an unreasonable sense of anxiety about stupid things that I shouldn't be worrying about. I mean, like we talked about earlier – Yes, we should, you know, all know that taking, we're taking a risk by getting in a car and driving to the store or getting on an airplane. But, I mean, I'm talking next level, high anxiety. And, and you know, I would get these heart palpitations. They were very huh. scary. I, a couple times I thought I was having a heart attack. And um, so I guess, I guess I would call it a panic attack because I've never had anything like that in my life. But it was very scary and it was very intense. And it wasn't just a worry, you know, I've worried about things before in my past, you know, because I had mm-hmm. cancer and going in for my next CAT scan, hoping my scan's clear, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I have a normal sense of worry, but this was next level, this high anxiety panic mode. Um, that's the only way I can describe it. And I've never had it since. Since I got a ring Never. My, and my I've biggest, had out for yeah. six years. Wow. I want to talk about that, too, is how you're doing now. But my biggest concern uh, is those states that are allowing, quote, you know, trans surgery, puberty blockers, breast implants, things like that on teenagers. On teenagers. 
Okay, so let's talk about yeah. that. Let's talk about boys and who are being, you know, made into girls, which you can't do. You know, it's you can you can change your appearance, you can change your life, you can live your life as you want as an adult, but uh, you got to leave the kids alone. And uh, like I say, I have a yeah, transfer on the I show. Agree. Um, but but the thing is that I don't think these people have any clue the damage they're doing. And if you've already got somebody who is having issues simply because they're going through puberty, as we all did, you know, everybody was yeah. confused. You know, you, you're going from a kid to an adult. That's a transition. So yeah. as you're doing that transition, you know, to have another one forced on you with puberty blockers and, and hormones and all kinds of stuff and, and possible surgery, what is, what is happening? What are we setting ourselves up for if we're giving breast implants to I'm, young people? Yeah, I'm really upset about this one. And I can okay. speak from personal experience because as a breast cancer patient, I was offered those hormone-blocking drugs. Because oh. they, are, they don't just use those for transgender people. They use them for breast cancer patients because if they do, why is if that? They do a biopsy, I'll tell you why. So there's, there's actually many different kinds of breast cancer. And when you find out you have breast cancer, and I didn't even know this, so I'm glad you brought it up because maybe your listeners, you know, can, can learn something here today too. But when That's I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I realized <laughs> yeah. there's so many different kinds of breast cancer. And some mm. cancers are hormone-fed is what they call it, Right. So depending on the hormone you have in your body, there's three breast cancer hormones, um, progesterone, estrogen, and then one they call HER2. And so depending on which type of breast cancer you have, so let's say they think I had estrogen breast cancer. That means that the breast cancer is growing in my body because it's feeding off the estrogen I'm producing. So then what they do is they take this pharmaceutical drug that's an estrogen blocker, Okay, and then mm-hmm. they make me take that for ten years so that I don't produce ten years because they're ten the years. Theory, yeah, it used, it used <laughs> to be five years. They changed the recommendation to ten. But well, the more theory money is that exactly they just doubled their profits. They doubled their profits. Right? Disgusting. <clears throat> they did the same thing with. Um, they do the same thing with thyroid medication, blood pressure medication, cholesterol. They move the goalposts because every mm-hmm. time they move the goalposts. They make mm-hmm. billions off a new, whole new audience of people, hmm. whole new market, just by changing mm-hmm. the blood pressure standard normal, you know, uh, operating procedure to one point higher. You just gather ten more million patients and billions. Yeah, but moving the the one twenty so over eighty to one ten over seventy, and now you all of a sudden all those people that were normal are now high hypertensive. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Or how they do all it? Their doctor, all, all their doctors are pushing blood pressure medication on them now. Isn't that interesting? And, well, and no, did they do that? I was just guessing. I, I, I just hear 120 over 80 is normal, but have they changed that? Because I know I'm all the food sure. things are changing. I would changing. have to go back and look. Okay. I do know they changed I, mean, I made that up. But, because yeah. I, I had a doctor uh, who wanted to put me on cholesterol medication, and mm-hmm. I went back and looked five years prior to her recommendation of me going on medication – the, the standard range of normal was different. They upped it. I'm yeah, like, all the food standards yeah, have no, changed, too. All the, uh, the, uh-huh. the, the FDA, yeah. the, the daily allowances, those have all changed. You know, it's, right. it's fascinating. They just moved the goal so they be... can make more money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't have time today, yeah. but I'll, I'll tell you my blood thinner story after heart surgery. Uh, so don't take blood thinners either. That's a whole, they almost kill me. Yeah, those um, are scary, too. So yeah. going back to Go the, the trans community, okay, so mm-hmm. my biggest concern is if I, I can guarantee you these people, these teenagers are not getting informed consent because when right. I researched 
my drug that they wanted to put me on, tamoxifen, which is a very common breast cancer um, hormone blocker, I had the insert that told me it could cause uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, endometrial cancer. Okay, so I already have a high risk of getting secondary cancers because of my radiation treatment I had for my first cancer. So Mm -hmm. I have all these cards stacked against me, right? And then Mm -hmm. they want to put me on this pill that's going to stack even more cards against me. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I chose to not take the medication. I chose to decline chemotherapy. And my doctor was pissed Hmm. because their role is to get you on all the things, chemo, radiation, hormone blockers. They get kickbacks. They get incentivized and bonus checks to get you on all the things. How much are we talking about? Let's, because uh, I, I saw a video on your Facebook page. So, so let's talk about how much money Big Pharma is giving to doctors to do things that are completely unnecessary, dangerous, uh, crippling, or anything else. What, what are we talking about? Well, it depends on the doctor. It depends on the company and what kind of kickbacks they're giving them. Um, but thank goodness we do have the Sunshine Act, which basically requires physicians, doctors, surgeons to disclose that money, which I don't even know if all of them are telling the truth, to be honest with you, but Mm -hmm. you can go to openpaymentsdata.com and look up any doctor and see how much money they've taken from pharmaceutical companies. Is it national or just Arizona? It's a national. National? What's it again? No, it's national by law. It's openpaymentsdata.com. And then you just pull up the the search bar and you type in the physician's name and, you know, where, where they practice and it will pull up how much money they've taken from a medical device company or a pharmaceutical company. And huh. what's interesting is what, when I found this, this website, I became obsessed with it, right? And, I, of course, I started researching everybody who's ever put forth a study saying, oh, breast implants are safe. And you know what I found, Greg? These <laughs> people have taken over a million dollars from Allergan, $700,000 from Allergan, from Mentor hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, of course, they're going to say that company's breast implants are safe. That is a huge conflict of interest. Oh, climate change. So, <laughs> all the scientists that say climate change is happening, they're all government scientists. They're all on the payroll. I mean, you know, this is, as soon as someone says expert, I say, well, who pays them? <laughs> you know, what, you know, if, right, if it's right, government, exactly. if it's an agenda-driven thing, then they're not an expert. They're just a propagandist, you know? So, uh, yeah. Exactly. Hmm. And and I encourage anyone to, you know, don't believe me. Go look yourself. Go look Mm -hmm. yourself how, go look at the studies that people are saying this drug is safe, this device is safe, and then go look at who funded the studies. Just follow the money. And it's so funny because once you realize how to follow the money, Uh it, it all just becomes crystal clear. Yeah, I just got the 90 second warning, but if you got some extra time, I want to keep going for a few minutes. This is, this is really fascinating. Um, here's a question for you. Yeah. What if we start? Okay, good. Thank you. What if we started going to our doctors and they said, "Well, we recommend that you get uh, um, this uh, this breast implant." And and if you say to the doctor, "Okay, well, how much money do you make if I get this product?" What if we start doing that? You know, I think one of the states just passed a law that uh, Uh let's see, was it? It might have been California that um, physicians have to disclose. That information to patients. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a state. I can't wait to see the enforcement on that. that Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it on, put it on our, um, 
put on our website, our Facebook pages here. We have a we have a, actually a private vaccine group, and this is the place where that would go. All our medical stuff seems to go there. That's what the, I put the that in our special investigations page. But uh, yeah, if you're yeah. not in the vaccine group, I'll, I'll I get encourage you in there everybody to look yeah. up your doctor. Every single person yeah. should look up any doctor, well, any surgeon. Yeah. What about yeah. well? Here's a question too. You know, because people are getting uh, uh, flu shots and uh, COVID shots in drugstores. Well, they're not doctors. <laughs> you know, you could probably go to, to uh, three or four different drugstores and get. Uh, I wonder if people are getting multiple COVID shots. But that's another thing. But let's get back to the doc- let's get back to the doctors here because this is fascinating. Oh, my folks that are listening uh, um, online, you guys, we're, we're, you, you know, uh, the live chat's going to drop off in just a bit here, and of course, uh, no one can call in once we. Uh, yeah, we're now we're now into overtime. So bye, everybody. <laughs> All right, but you're still here. Um, th- so this will go to yeah. the podcast, but uh, we're uh, our live chat's done, which is fine because they were at war anyway with each other. But uh, what if you did that? What if you went to your doctors? By the way, you know, how much do you make from this? You know, because if you went to a stockbroker, right? And they said, well, we want you mm-hmm. to buy, uh, you know, a thousand shares of uh, Monsanto. Is it really? Okay, that's cool. Um, how much do you make from that? <laughs> you know, that's a logical question. People mm-hmm. do that. Right? But no one goes to the doctor and says, oh, you want me to get a flu shot? Okay, well, how much do you make for a flu shot? Yeah, yeah. my doctor did that to me. He said, uh, he said, well, it's time for your annual. Well, actually, the nurse walked in. Oh, it's time for your annual flu shot. I said, that's impossible. Which is why. I said, I've never had a flu shot. So to get an annual one is kind of, kind of uh, irrational, don't you think? <laughs> they looked at me. Yeah. It's like, what? You <sighs> you've never had a flu shot. Well, I've never had the flu. Why would I get a flu shot? I'm doing just fine without it. Yeah. Thank you. You know. Yeah. COVID, I've never thing. had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I I have had the flu one time, and it's this was before COVID, so whatever. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know it was the flu, but well, yeah, now your I mean, immune now, now your immune system my... knows it, so you know. I mean, that's how it's right. supposed to work. Yeah. Well, but my mom the... got a flu shot one time and got super super sick, and of when course. I saw that, I was just like, Nah, I'm not going to get it. I'll take my chances, you know. Yeah, but so, isn't it interesting that all yeah. these things actually either cause medical problems or designed to cause them? Like the COVID shot, that's what's giving people COVID because it destroys your immune system. They advertise it as, mm-hmm. as this will save you if you take this. It's safe and effective, but in fact, it's actually you know, dangerous and, and, potent, and fatal. Uh, and uh, and it, just, it doesn't boost your immune system. It destroys it. So you, so you have to take more well, shots. You know, it's it's self-perpetuating. If, if you... Yeah. If you have a destroyed immune system, you will get mm-hmm. more illnesses and you will take more of their medications and they will make billions more money. More money, I mean, exactly. It's a great market. It's a great, right. great marketing strategy for their business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But people need to wake up to it. Because yeah. that really is, I mean, and, and when, look, when looking at people that have illness from their breast implants, okay, mm-hmm. I know women who have literally gone from taking 15 medications a day to you know, a year after they have their breast implants removed, they're down to one medication. And they went from 45 symptoms to I have two symptoms left. I'm still healing, you know, because it doesn't, it takes our body a long time to get that sick. So it's going to take a while to heal it fully. But, you know, I literally have people that have Hashimoto's or thyroid problems. They've been on um, thyroid medication for 10 years. They take their breast mm-hmm. implants out and their thyroid levels start to even out, you know, because they're not fighting this toxic bag right. of chemicals well, every stress. day. And it stresses your immune system yeah. for anything else that comes in for the COVID, the cold, the flu, the, the thousands of, of, of viruses and bacteria and germs that are out there that your body fights normally, but it still gets stressed out if it's too much. Well, let's, let's walk through the, the recovery. So, you know, if someone has breast implants and they want to get them out, even though the doctor says, oh, no, they're just fine. They're not causing any problems. How, how does that work and how long, mm-hmm. how, what kind of recovery process are people going to go through? Well, if your doctor tells you they're just fine and you don't need to take them out, my biggest recommendation is to find a different doctor. Um, okay. There's a huge network of women and doctors 
on Facebook, on Instagram, um, because the most important thing is to get them removed properly. And a oh, lot of they can be removed improperly. Are, Tell me. Yes. Yeah. So, how, what can go wrong? So important. Okay, what can go wrong? So, a lot of plastic surgeons know that they're losing money because nobody wants breast implants anymore. I mean, actually, we just really? three months ago, one of the one of the breast implant manufacturers closed their doors. We used to have four. Now there's only three. They just closed up shop. They weren't people making any money. Gotten, nobody wants breast implants. People are getting the word. What's women are refusing yeah. them or what? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, women just don't want them. They're seeing these things on social media. They're seeing FDA announcements that are coming out. And they, you know, all you have to do is type in our breast implant safe on Google or whatever search engine you're using. And we will pop up now. All of us that have gotten sick, gotten cancer from breast implants, it finally, yeah. Because in 2017, when I did that and I Googled our breast implant safe, nothing, nothing came up. Um, so now there's just so many stories out there. I mean, we've been on the Today Show, Inside Edition. I mean, every news channel in every state, like, the stories are out there. And it's so funny because I have a lot of women that explant and, and get their life back, and they're like, okay, we need to go on the news. I'm like, we've done it a million times. You know, it's just maybe some people missed that news segment that night or whatever. Right. But, no, right. the, it's very, very important to find a doctor who understands what we call breast implant illness because there's a very specific way these implants need to be removed so that you're not keeping those toxins in the body. So, Yeah, if, if they leak in, in all the silicone, fingers, I'm just thinking if, if, if they take them out wrong and they leak and they take out the implant, but all the silicone is left in your body, that would, that's, that's horrible. You could still have all the same problems. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But also our body builds this capsule of scar tissue around the implant. So if you think of oh. an orange... Uh-huh. The, the meaty part of the orange that we eat is the breast implant inside, right? And the right. skin around the orange is what we call the breast implant scar capsule. You have to remove that capsule. That capsule has been catching all the toxins that are leaching out of that implant in your body. Our body built that capsule. It's, it's made from our own tissue to wall uh-huh. off the foreign object. Interesting. And so in that capsule is where the cancers are developing. So why would you leave that in the body? Take the implant out. Okay, great. You don't have a bag of chemicals in your body anymore, but you have a stack of chemicals left that were bleeding out of that capsule. And that capsule is developing cancers. Now, How is that removed? Does it, really does, it, does it actually come out as a piece? Or, is it, is something that, or does it have to be, how do they take that out? Well, I'm probably going to go with graphic so here. but the trick. Is to find okay. a surgeon who not only understands that needs to come out, but is skilled in dissecting it from the chest wall, dissecting it from the surrounding breast tissue. It's a very okay. delicate surgery, it, and it takes, you know, extra time in the operating room to do it the right way, but that's how we keep the patient safe. And it is so important. And I'm going to be honest with you, one of our national societies, so there's two big plastic surgeon societies in our country, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and the Aesthetic Society of Plastic Surgeons. The Aesthetic Society is pushing this narrative that you don't need to remove those capsules. So much so that they've kind of threatened their members, their society members, like you shouldn't be removing capsules. If you remove those capsules, you're, you're practicing medicine against science because they wait, did wait, some wait, wait. tiny study. What's in it for them? Why, why are they doing this? In my opinion, they don't want the capsules removed because if you remove the capsules, you will test 
the capsules. And when you test the capsules, you will find these cancers that develop in the capsules. And more okay. cases of cancer don't make the implant companies look good. And it proves breast implants are not safe. They continue to cause cancer. Cancer cases have doubled and tripled since they, the FDA has announced these, these different types of cancers. Are Only you trying to get them banned again? aware of it. Yeah. Are you trying to get them banned again like you know, they used to be, take them off the market? If you asked me that three years ago, I would say no, absolutely not, because let people make their choices, right? Like cigarettes. Right. Should, okay. should cigarettes be banned? I mean, we all know cigarettes cause lung cancer, right? Does yep. everyone who smokes get lung cancer? No. Are cigarettes healthy in the body? Absolutely not. But mm-hmm. people have a choice whether they want to buy them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do feel the same way about breast implants, but the FDA is not regulating them. And if the FDA can't do the right thing and regulate these things, then they need to be pulled off the market until someone regulates them. Because right now it's the wild, wild west. And they're not doing anything to help protect patients. We have asked them to put out a healthcare provider letter to alert Uh all medical professionals, all of the public about this. And they put a safety alert on their website that they told me 50,000 people viewed. They put a video on their YouTube channel that they told me 50,500 people viewed, and they sent out an email communication. You can sign up to get email updates from the FDA if something's been recalled or there's mm-hmm. a safety issue, and they sent out 220,000 emails. Hmm. And there's so, 330 million people in the country, of which thank you. probably probably 280 to 300 million need this information. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Yeah. So they yeah. reached... They reached 320,000 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, so after, after they sent me this email, right, telling me we don't need to send a letter, here's why, because we've reached so many people, I <laughs> went and did some research. And I realized, I, I researched how many licensed active medical doctors we have practicing in the United States. It's just over a million. We have mm-hmm. 3.8 million registered nurses. So 4.8, almost 5 million just doctors and nurses, then you need to take into account all the other practitioners that our ladies see because they're so sick, acupuncturists, massage therapists, physical therapists, um, any of those. So I would say roughly 6 million medical professionals have no clue about any of this. Yeah, how about the wellness community? And, and we the do FDA a lot with, thinks with, they're doing uh, a good job. Yeah, how about, we'll get to that in a second, but uh, like I say, a lot of wellness folks, what about the acupuncturists? What about the nutritionists? What about the, uh, um, you know, even the oxygen therapy and all the other different therapies and things that are out there, chiropractors, uh, you, you name it. What, um, are they trained in this? Do they know about breast implants? Do they, do they think of that as a cause of problems? Those, I, I would honestly say that those types of practitioners are more aware of this than Western medicine practitioners. Um, okay. Because our patients have been failed by Western medicine, and they are seeking out holistic medicine. And Greg, I'm going to be honest with you: there is that there is a very good reason why holistic practitioners are not covered under insurance. They don't want yeah, us they, going to they work. practitioners <laughs> yeah. because if someone does get healing and and you know has some re- resolution of symptoms after having acupuncture or massage therapy or red light therapy, you know, infrared sauna, you name it, mm-hmm. pharma's not making money. Pharma's not mm-hmm. making the money. And so they lobby for the insurance companies to not cover these procedures. And it's all out of pocket. They want us so broke that we have mm-hmm. to turn to pharmaceutical options. And yeah. it's just not and happening. The pharmaceutical, 
and, and the pharmaceuticals themselves cause the problems. So they, not only are they making you dependent on pharmaceuticals, the, the, the very things that are supposed to boost your immune system destroy it, causing you to take even more pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Every drug has a side effect, yeah. which requires a drug, which has a side effect, which requires a drug. This can go on all day. Um, do, all is, there product day. Liability, is there product liability for breast implants? Because I know vaccine manufacturers have no liability. Do these folks have product liability? Well, they're actually protected under federal preemption. So after the class action lawsuits with Dow Corning, you know, these manufacturers got smart. And I have actually sent a lot of information to different groups of lawyers. There's some litigation going on right now. Um, I truly believe that the women who have gotten cancer from these implants, they're going to win their lawsuits, in my opinion, Um, Mm -hmm. because how can you not? You know, they, they obviously have a clear case. But it goes really deep because there's not an ICD-10 diagnostic code for what we call breast implant illness. ICD-10? You're speaking acronyms. What's that? It's the International Disease Code, I think, for identifying uh, in an international disease classification code. Okay. So every disease in the world has a code. So if you go to your doctor and he sees that your heart is inflamed or your leg is swollen and suspects lupus, systemic lupus, right? There's a code. There's a specific code that he would enter into your chart saying, I'm having this man tested for blood work to, you know, rule out lupus, la, la, la. And he puts that code to file through insurance and then you run it through insurance and it gets covered, right? Mm -hmm. Well, because we don't have a diagnostic code for breast implant illness in their world, it doesn't exist. So if a disease doesn't exist, how can you track and monitor that disease? You can't. Oh, this is and they really like it that insidious. Way. Yeah, so if there's no oh, code, there's so no track, good. there's no track, there's no liability. Be, oh, okay, yeah. So, so you if go. you went to the physician's desk reference where I go for, you know, side effects from Ritalin, Adderall, all the nasty chemicals, antidepressants yes. and things out there, uh, you'll find side effects, you know, homicide, suicide, things like that. But if you look up breast implant illness, you're not going to find anything, are you? Nope. And they huh. want it that way. And you know, I they actually... So they don't need liability. I a proposal. You don't right. really need liability from something that doesn't exist because it's just a device. Exactly. It's not an illness. It's not a chemical. Uh-huh. It's not a drug. Fascinating. Oh, these yep. people are evil. Right. Next level evil. Seriously. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, to the point where I, I submitted a proposal to get an ICD-10 code for breast implant illness. Three times I was on the agenda to have my, mm-hmm. you know, proposal heard. The, the powers that be, you know, those doctors that I was telling you, you know, make millions of dollars off the implant manufacturers, mm-hmm. ran to the ICD Coordination and Maintenance Committee and told them not to pass that code. Yeah, of course they did, because they know exactly what it means. And then they, how about some of, you know, they, how about, they threw all these studies on their desk and said, oh, we don't have enough information yet. We're doing a study. We're going to prove it, la, la, la. We're doing so the best we they can. they don't want that yeah, yeah, code. Yeah. 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 Nobody okay. wants to code. You're, you're complicating things. Medical terminology is confusing enough. Why would you add a code? Yeah. Okay. So how about the doctors uh-huh. in Congress? Um, Rand Paul. Uh, there's a few other doctors in the House. House of Representatives. You know, it's funny. Doctors in the House. Yeah. But uh, you got a couple of senator doctors, especially Rand Paul comes to mind. Uh, have they done anything with this? Or, or Senator Johnson, Ron Johnson, who's been pretty big on the COVID stuff, although he hasn't... Uh, um, 
submitted our vaccine liability bill for obvious reasons, big pharma. Um, but how about the doctors that are actually in Congress? If you can, if you can give them my number, Greg, I would be indebted to you forever because every federal senator or congressman that I have tried to reach, mm-hmm. I've hit a brick wall. And yeah. that's such a frustrating challenge for me. And I know they know these things. I, I think I saw an article right. that Rand Paul had a hernia and needed hernia surgery. And he actually went to Canada to get his hernia surgery because he wanted hernia surgery done without using surgical mesh because surgical mesh is a huge problem right now. Um, another medical device oh, I've seen the ads. should have never the, been approved the, by the, the FDA. The injury lawyers, yeah. The injury lawyers are all over that. Yeah. You've had surgical mesh, right. Okay. I don't know what that is, but it sounds bad. It is, so he goes to Canada for that, but yet totally he doesn't pass – Yet he doesn't pass a law against surgical mesh here. Right. Isn't that interesting? Hypocrite. He has to know it's bad because there's only a few doctors in the world who are skilled at repairing a hernia without using mesh because what the medical device companies have done is they have infiltrated the medical schools. They have infiltrated, you know, Uh all these facilities, hospitals, teaching hospitals, and they give them kickbacks to Mm -hmm. use their surgical mesh. The doctors love surgical mesh because it makes their job so easy. You can slap a sheet of surgical mesh on someone's hernia in 20 minutes and close them up and send them on their way. You can repair their surgery, their hernias naturally using their own native tissue, but it might take two or three hours and a very skilled set of hands in the operating room. Right. So what do you think doctors are going to choose? Easy money or I have to work really hard and, and really delicately the good put the doctors, patient back together. <laughs> the good doctors are going to choose. Uh, this is why I thank God I had a good heart surgeon when I had my heart valve uh, trimmed, you know, and repaired and did a fantastic job. But, uh, you know, you got to search out the good doctors. It's hard to know. I mean, how do you know? How did I know I had right. a good surgeon until afterwards? You know, it's, it's a, and we take these right. chances, but uh, you got to find out. I think the money, though, was a great way to find out. But uh, just another thing on Rand Paul. Uh, do you know who his wife works for? No, who? Gilead. Or no, she, I don't know if she works for, uh. but he has, she has a bunch of shares in Gilead. I think there's a whole bunch of Gilead stock. We can check and see. I'm, 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 uh. I might be wrong on that, but I know she's connected to Gilead. And do you know, do you know the, uh, the drug that Gilead produces? They, are they the, um, no, who do they produce? Remdesivir. What do they produce? Oh, good Lord. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's why I don't hear him criticize when he, when he criticizes Dr. Fascist, he never talks about Gilead and Remdesivir. Interesting. So even the best, you know, and that's, still, that's, it's all that's money. the other it's thing the that I find interesting. Remember when you were mm-hmm. talking earlier about like listening to senators and congressmen just talk in the elevators and joke around and like, Oh yeah. Um, this is a problem. In fact, going back to the Dow Corning days and, and the lawsuit with the breast implants, mm-hmm. one of the patients, that was suing Dow Corning was in the elevator with the CEO of Dow Corning and he didn't know that she was a harm patient and she heard him joking around about the sick women and he called the sick women nuts and sluts. Hmm. That's that, about right. That's how they felt about all these women. So, I yeah. mean, and, and it's a problem if you have these congressmen that have stocks in these mm-hmm. companies, mm. right? And then yep. you have these companies who donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to their campaigns to get reelected. It's a, again, it's a revolving door of money. And of course, no one's going to listen to me because I don't have any money. I, I don't even have $3 to give to Rand Paul. You know what I mean? Yeah, so oh, I know. 
why would he listen to me when Gilead's giving him $300,000? And then when that's it comes the time to vote face. on a bill? Yep, that's the problem yep, we face with our legislation. Yeah, but once we yep. get known nationally and get it, when we get our big break here at Action Radio, which is coming, it's on its way. I mean, I have some amazing guests. We've got Christina Bob, Trump's attorney, coming back on the show next week. I'm going to see if I can connect directly Ooh, nice. with the campaign. Yeah, well, we have some bills that are amazing. We still have the vaccine product liability bill. We still have the big tech bill. But the bill that's most urgent right now is our constitutional amendment uh, to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Oh, yeah, and that would be awesome. Any, any money. And people are like, Greg, that'll never pass. Mm-hmm. Well, you get enough people behind it, it will. He, he, if Trump mm-hmm. gets a hold of that bill and makes it part of his campaign and goes across the country, you know, sure, it'll pass. So we need to do the same thing for breast implants. Mm-hmm. We need to make this uh, a, a cause. And I'm not, you know, how do you, I think liability, you've, you've got to have liability. We've got to get the code. We've got to get it to the liability stuff uh, aspect of that. Uh, and people have to, you know, it's there's a, because the money that we, we don't have what they have for money. So they're using our right. you know, patient's money against us. And people just, you know, and they don't want to know. Uh, they just want to know their doctor's good and everything will be fixed and it'll all be taken care of simply. And life isn't simple. It's complex. And some things don't go exactly mm-hmm. as planned. Mm. Exactly. Okay. Um, this might be a good place to kind of sum up a little bit, get our contact information and uh, figure out next time. You should probably come back every month uh, or more. <laughs> but I, I say about every month with a guest. Uh, of some aspect, or just yeah. whenever you feel like it, just let me know because you're you're always welcome here. Uh, and if you hear one of our other health guests and you're listening and you go, "Oh, I want to talk about that," just call in. I got your number here, so no big deal. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, anytime. Oh, listen, you're you're part of. You know, I, I, I'm sure I'm part of your family and you're part of our family here at Action Radio. So it's just you know you're you're, you're, you're one of the good folks. So uh, as we will crusade on. Uh, and I have some people I'll be sending our show to today that might be uh, in touch. Like I said, I'll get you guys connected off the air. Um, so let's, let's do the contact. Let's do anything you want to say, closing, and um, we'll do it again next time. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for having me on, uh, first and foremost. You're amazing and love what you're doing. Oh, and you. anyone can reach me. People can PM me on um, Instagram or Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, that's more of like professional stuff. And, you know, if you know somebody that has a medical device or is considering a surgery using a medical device, just please visit our website at gpacunited.org. And, um, you know, I'm happy to share information, scientific studies, connect you with doctors. We, we've been very lucky to connect with a lot of amazing doctors that know other practitioners that can help with not only pre-operation stuff, but post-operative healing. Um, so we've got a good network going. So if anybody needs help, just please have them reach out to me. And if anyone has a connection with legislators, please hook me up because <laughs> we need well, all the help gonna, we can get in that department. Well, I want to have a legislative event. I want to have the first citizen legislative event. I'm trying to uh, arrange that and just figure out the time. And But uh, you'd have to come to that. And we'd have a table just for breast implants uh, and legislation that That'd goes along awesome. with that. And we'll, and we'll have a vaccine table and we'll have a, you know, a, a budget table and a an, uh, you know, constitutional amendment table and that kind of stuff. And uh, le- my idea is that legislators will come to that, but they're not going to be able to give speeches. They've got to go in the hot seat. So I'll be up there on the, at the desk, yeah. you know, with my questions. And if they want, if they want to, you know, go through the questions, like why haven't you done the following, and what's going on with this, and uh, you know, here's our citizen legislation. Are you going to submit it, yes or no? Uh, kind of like the grilling that uh, Merrick Garland got yesterday. But we need to, uh, to because we're all doing the same thing, and you've got to change the mm-hmm. laws. The elections are stolen. 
Uh, the politicians don't care. They'll just say, oh, we're doing the best we can. They'll just put you off. Uh, they listen to their donors because that's where the money is, and they need, they need the money to run. So you're not going to have the same influence with somebody that's being uh, paid you know, millions of dollars from Big Pharma. You know, they're going to listen to Big Pharma. So that's where you get to take exactly. the money out of politics somehow. And the way you take the money out is with votes. But it takes a lot more to get the millions of votes we need to do that. So we're going to figure this out. I mean, this is we're all kind of pioneers in a new area. But we've got the technology. We've got the social media. We've got the connections. We just need to use it. And, and the, we've got to break through the censorship too. But uh, there's, this is going to, we're in a really interesting time right now. And so this is a good time to be a pioneer, yeah. good time to be a warrior. And so we will just do it. But it's yeah. your name for people. Spell your name for people so they can find you. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk soon. It's Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, and Tout, T, like Thomas, O-W-T, as in Thomas. Yeah. And that's me. That's good. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Robin. We'll All right. Thanks, soon. Greg. Have a great All day right. and keep in touch. You too. Oh, absolutely. Right, you take care. All right. Bye now. Oh, boy. This has been quite a show. <laughs> This is an amazing. I'm a wreck, uh, but that's okay. I'll be ready for tomorrow uh, when tomorrow comes around for Friday's show. So I got a few announcements to play and our, our usual things at the end of the show and then our, our closing uh, classical piece. But uh, keep this one. Podcast is, you know, be podcasting about, well, by the time you get it, it'll be podcast. Um, but uh, this is a good show to share for many reasons. Uh, two, you know, totally different subjects, but not that different. And so for all the warriors out there, this is, this is the place you want to be, Action Radio. You've got to change the laws. If you don't change the laws, nothing changes. Once you change the laws, the laws can take them to court and they can use them. You know, once you change the laws, it's, it's the laws that set us free. And so we, the people, you know, uh, give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. That's, that's the mission statement of Action Radio, and that's what we're going to do. So I played our contact information previously. I'll play a few announcements. And actually, let's do it reverse order because that will be more interesting. And I will see you all tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. And if you want to help us out, this is how you do that. Oh, there it goes. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. 
which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Grave Care. And now as an affiliate of Grave Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grave Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com.